And welcome to the Happening Pod. Brian uh, has been graceful enough to give me his presence in my home this week. Even though I'm a little disturbed, the fact that he won't do the Wayne's World <laughs> countdown for me, where they ask why they won't hold up the two of the one, and he says, "You just don't. You just don't." <laughs> <laughs> Is that Ted? What's that guy's name? It's a guy from uh, Married with Children. It's uh, Ed O'Neill. Ed, yeah, he, <laughs> also known as Handsome Dan. <laughs> No, no, are you talking about the handsome dude or are you talking about Al Bundy? I'm talking about the handsome dude. Oh, it's Ted McGinley. Ted C. McGinley. Yeah, Ted I, McGinley. Think it, yeah. I was thinking or, I'm like, thinking John C. McGinley. It's Ted McGinley. Yeah, Ted McGinley. He's always the guy who jumped a shark. Like, every time he went yeah. on the show, it went off. I thought that you were talking about Al Bundy's character when he's in the, uh, he's the server in the hockey-themed restaurant. That's oh, him. he's in that movie, yeah, too. Yeah, Al, yeah. And O'Neill is in Married with Children, I'm pretty sure. Like, he's 100%. the guy serving it. I can't remember the name of the... I can't the either. But you know what I'm talking about. And they all kind of like look at each other when he talks about his old war stories or something. So anyway. I need to rewatch that. Man, it's, Both you, of them. And do you know who else is in that fun film? Talk to me. Christopher Farley. He sure is. <laughs> he's the bouncer. <laughs> he's a security And he's got smoke coming out of his ears when he tells him to back out. Man, I'm rewatching it. I remember it's when done. they shoot tennis balls at him in the second one when they were doing Wayne, Apul- Wayne Stock. <laughs> Yes, Wayne Stock. If you book them, they will come. Melia Wauke. Melia Wauke. <laughs> Alex Cooper was full of it, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like that British guy who's training him. He's, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this for the yeah. Wayne's World for tribute. Anyway, but man, what have you, man? We get <laughs> What have you been up to? I have. I mean, we we see each other once a week, but since I've seen you last, so much has happened in our lives. Yes, yes. It's been a busy week for everybody. Well, let me tell you, and I, I won't speak long to this, but uh, I think you could probably see in the corner of the room, I have dusted off an old piece of equipment. Not really old, but been a while since I've ridden. It's a shiny bird over there. Yeah, it's a, a blue trick. It's a bicycle. I bought it about four or five years ago when I was living. I actually bought it right before I moved to Pontotoc in the... I guess I was like, uh, how do you say this? I was anticipating riding Tanglefoot Trail. Right. It was not complete. And you could yet. ride to school from where you lived. And that was the biggest thing as I rode to work. Yeah. Uh, but now that I you know, have moved back to Tupelo, I haven't ridden it much. And, you know, it was just out at my parents' house the other day. And I said, Mom, I'm getting my bike. Mm-hmm. She said, all right, good. It's taking up space. So yeah. I got it. It's in, uh, it's my, it's in my dog's way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I got the airs. Our tire aired up the other day, and I did a nice little six-mile ride last night, Man, which is easier than you'd think. It's so fun. I I love riding bikes. Uh, mm-hmm. I went a long time in my life. I couldn't. So here's why. I'll tell you this quick story. I'll give you the Cliffs notes. So I grew up. My mother was a single mom. Her and my dad divorced when I was younger. So yeah. we, we lived in uh, Germantown, Tennessee. Collierville kind of out that way. Oh, yeah. Lived in a nice subdivision. So my mom, looking ahead, had a bike, training wheels. I took them off. I could ride. Small bike. She was looking ahead. She said, I'm going to buy, buy Brian a bike, no training wheels, but I'm going to buy a bigger bike so he can grow into it. Yeah. It was too tall for me. My feet couldn't touch the ground. Huh. So every time I would stop, fall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, I know it sounds crazy, but I was like five, and it was like about a 12-year-old kid. And you bike. have to do that thing where you straddle the seat and kind <laughs> yeah. of walk yourself and it to was stop. Just, it was, so I had, I had trouble riding it, and then I quit. You know, I just quit riding it. You know what I mean? So when we moved to Seymour, Tennessee in the mountains, I couldn't ride a bike in the mountains. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was really hilly. And my stepdad, he was kind of a, a wealthy guy, my mom, a guy my mom married at that time we moved up there. He had me a four-wheeler and a three-wheeler and a go-kart. And I even rode the riding lawnmower around town. He took me. <laughs> like, it was fun. You know what I mean? So I, I never learned how to ride a bike. I moved hope in with you my, like what I did to your lawnmower. <laughs> I moved in with my dad in the seventh grade. It became time to play basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. I moved to, Miss, uh, to Indianola, Mississippi, to live with my dad. Delta's flat. 
Well, moving in with my dad the first three, four weeks, it was like Christmas. He took me anywhere I wanted to go, any friend's house, whatever. After about a month, I showed up and had a bicycle. I was like, man, I don't know how to ride a bike. He said, you do now because I ain't taking your ass anywhere. <laughs> He's like, I'm tired of driving you <laughs> Can all Can I ask a place. question about Indianola? Oh, absolutely. Only time I've ever been to Indianola. Mm-hmm. Pontotoc versus Indianola Gentry. Yeah. Girls and boys. I drove the girls' bus for Bill. Thanks for the nightmare reminder. Appreciate well, it. Well, I apologize for that. But to my knowledge. It was fun. Indianola is a large enough town to have, I would say, probably six to ten thousand people. It's a pretty big school. It's it's a big four yeah. A school. Yeah, and at one time it was it was a, the it was in the largest class when we had five A. Yeah, it was exactly 5A right. Time. Yeah, but my question is this: because I'm not versed in Indianola, and like you said, it's Delta, it's I am, flat. I am deep in the Indianola streets. What you got? Well, that's particularly my question. <laughs> to my knowledge, the only thing in Indianola are two highways, two gas stations, a couple places to eat, and one neighborhood. No. On the, on the west. No, man. Uh, for real. Um, everybody, it's kind of divided. The town is. It's, okay. it's your true Delta town. Sure. Highway 82 separates the middle of it. Right. Anything south of 82, and I, and this is a podcast. I can be honest. Everybody's listening. Anything south pretty much of 82 is uh, more your gentry folks. Kind okay. of a, uh, sure. Know, more the African-American community. Everything I would say north of 82 was IA folks. It was just kind of split. However, just south of 82, along the bio, along the, yeah. the swamp, there's a bunch of high-end, nice homes. Well, I saw so, those, but the reason yeah. I asked the question, and you'll remember this, yeah. when we were taking a right to go to the school, that's the largest neighborhood in America. No, you're right. You're right. There's um, literally like 3,000 homes in the yep. one neighborhood around Indianola Gentry School. Ooh. Yeah. And I was blown away at the community support for that basketball game. They were walking to the gym yeah, I mean, at that, 4 p.m. The school has been there for a long time, long before much was going on in Indianola. They had to have a school. There's the the Delta is so desolate and nothing there. The, yeah, the school, the houses were built around the school, and uh, you know, it, it, I would just say this: the demographic of Indianola probably hasn't changed in a long, long time. Right. You know what I mean? So those houses there served a purpose. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Close to the school, but there are some fine eating places in Indianola. Oh, that you know, and I'm gonna tell you this too: pea soups is a great pea soup. Lot of freeze. Uh, the lots that started uh, Lost Pizza, they're from there. Oh, yeah. That was their original restaurant. That's I think. right. Uh, pea soup. Okay, uh, Brian. There, there is a there's a BB King Museum. Nice. They they always have the BB King Homecoming Festival there. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Trish Berry. She's a world class chef. She when I was younger, she, anytime a movie would come to Mississippi, she was like the chef on staff on catering on nice. site. Well, she has a place called the Blue Biscuit, and Don't it is it is such it's a it's a it's a, it's a it looks like a Delta juke joint kind of in downtown. It's really cool. But Indianola has a lot of character, like a lot of those Delta towns do. Great people, man. Yeah, really The way cool. they came out that one night to support that mm-hmm. those two basketball teams, absolutely blown away. Everybody in the stands were so nice to us that night. Everybody that was on the absolutely. court was not so we nice We sat with the administration yeah. during the girls. Yep. Well, I sat during both yep. games, but they just couldn't have been kinder people, yep. man. Took care of us. Yep. Got us popcorn, drinks. Yep. Good Mississippi folks. Really absolutely, are. man. Yeah. But... We what got, got off on we that got sidetracked, man. What I was shout, say out about to, shout out to the Indianola Chamber of Commerce for Amen. all the love over here. Amen. <laughs> we'll tag them in this. What what uh what got me on that was the whole bike thing, and uh, I wrote all just around. a big shout out <laughs> to the area. In other words, for for making you know you got Tanglefoot Trail across northeast Mississippi, which used to be an old train track, yeah, forty three miles long. I used to ride it all the time. I absolutely loved it. But here in Tupelo, you've got the Natchez Trace Trail, and even right here in my own neighborhood in Joiner. There's a a big yeah. mile and a half loop, and that's that's what I hit last they, night. They that's put what I all, plan on hitting tonight. They put all they put the bike lanes over here. Yes, the stop signs. it's great, man. Oh, 
Let me ask you a question about the Tanglefoot Trail. A lot of the folks listening sure. ride the trail, walk the trail. You like going towards Algoma Way or you like going towards New Albany? Well, let me say this. I prefer Algoma Way. I do too. And the reason for that is it's a little bit flatter. I know it you is. get around that Ecru area. <laughs> it's tough. The down slopes are great. You can hang your legs out, uh-huh. get nostalgic, hit the wind in your face. Coming back to town sucks. But then coming back up, oh, you're walking half of it unless you're just an accomplished cyclist. For sure. For sure. But no, no, no kidding, man. I, I Just riding the bike and getting it back out, man, it brings back childhood. And like kids nowadays don't have that feeling because they, they don't ride bikes now. So I, I can ride a bike now, just to let y'all know. And I love it. So you anytime, and I need to ride bikes. Well, I I don't have one anymore because of all my moving. And you know, dad passed away. It's just like I, I lost my bike. But but I can rent a bicycle. You sure can from my guys at King City Cycles in Tupelo. You sure and can. I truthfully, I would like to ride with somebody else because it's been a while since I've ridden in a city, and the ways and the rules of the road kind of scare me. I don't know if people are going to pay attention to me out there. So I need a partner. You call me. Yeah, I need somebody to make sure I'm safe. <laughs> I don't have a helmet. I've got one, but I don't wear it. Hey, can I be real? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a trend. I'm going to buy a football helmet and wear it around town when I ride my bike. I want people to think something cool about me. If you do that, I don't know that I want to ride all the time. <laughs> but I'll ride at night in the neighborhood with you. I'm just joking. I'm not going to wear a football helmet. <laughs> with you. I'll take off the face mask. It'd be even better. Anyway, but we're going to ride a bike. And shout out to King City for doing something cool. They got mm-hmm. three kiosks downtown, I think. Yes. Or maybe ten bikes. They're all lit up with lights. You can yeah, ride at are. night. You can't miss it. And the Tupelo Bike Gang, I think they ride every other week. They got a Facebook group. So make yes, sure you join do. that too. So anyway, but. I-, I wanted to. I'm sorry for making that as long well, I'm, as it I'm was. excited, man. No. What I, a. I missed you. With you. Yeah. What's been You've going on? had a lot going on. Been a, You've man. always got a lot going on. You're that kind of guy. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what, what we can start with. Since we've been on the podcast last, McKinley and I, two Saturdays ago, Ooh. got an invitation from our friend. Was it two Saturdays ago? Yeah, yeah, two Saturdays ago. McKinley and I got an invitation from our friend Adam Morgan, uh, owner of Blue Canoe, and also owner of probably uh, one of the coolest concept restaurants around, Pizza vs. Taco. Oh, and we got to go over there uh, before the doors officially opened and see what was going on. And by the look McKinley is giving me over here, these uh, these eyeballs, I'm going to let him start with his take on it, and then I'm going to jump in with mine. So, I'm so speak glad away. you let me start. I'm glad Just that you're glad you- that I let you start. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I wanted to be able to say something that you couldn't say and make yeah. you rethink. But I'm sure we're probably on the same page on this for the most part. Very, very seldom. And I, I could. Th- th- there's two things that I'm a big stickler about, and Brian, you kind of are too. It's got a little bit of cayenne pepper there in my strange brew. Yikes! I love it. It's good. I love it. Anyway, um, movies and food. I'm a snob. I will. Not, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm not just going to go watch a movie to kill time. I'm not going to make a destination meal somewhere that's not going to make me right. happy. And we will be upset if it. It, if it doesn't live yeah. up to it, yeah. and you, you and I've had meals where, where we're like, you know, we had a fish house Friday recently. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we're moving on. But, we can talk about it. Let me say this: it's very seldom that I hype up a restaurant so much before I actually have it, and it lives up and even surpasses those expectations. That happened to me when we went to Pizza versus Taco. Now, and I'll have to remember the names. But we both got two different tacos a piece, mm-hmm. and then we split. We split the Rachel. We split the Rachel mm-hmm. a pizza, and then unexpectedly we also split the dessert. Man <laughs> and Brian, that's it is very very easy for me to say that the Connie's blueberry donut bread pudding 
now has a challenge in town for best dessert in Tupelo, mm-hmm. Mississippi. And who knew it was its sister restaurant down and the street? And who knew it was from the, the same guy? So, but you chime in, and we'll talk about. Well, this I was about more. to say I, the reason we had the Rachel is because I'm a picky eater. I'm not a big fan of like vegetables on certain things. I like right. vegetables. I don't want people to think I'm like a carnivore. I like vegetables, but for instance, I like them standalone. You know, what I mean, if I go eat a pizza, I don't want it covered in onions. People right. do understand. Um, I don't like peppers on it, stuff like that. So the Rachel was pretty much a. Uh, uh, I think it was maybe sausage. It, it was it was pretty much meat and cheese with a really good sauce. Yes, and um, it's like a home, it was homemade sauce at yeah, that. Yeah, it's a six piece square pizza. That was the Detroit, Detroit style. Detroit style. Uh, it was it was deep dish style, crispy outside edge, <sighs> and it kind of comes on like a little uh, serving grate, so you can kind of pull it off there easily. Perfect for sharing. Um, McKinley and I, we both went, and I, I, I had two tacos, high-end tacos. I had the Neezy, which is the breakfast taco, Ooh, and I had the Redfish taco, which was really good. And uh, we said, like you said, we, I, I had a mixed drink. I think I had a strawberry margarita, mm-hmm. and I don't think McKinley did because he had to continue working. I think Correct. he said water, yeah. Um, but he and I both, with the dessert, which was insanely good. I mean, all right, Choco Tacos that come from the store. The, that's so, the so, concept. Okay, it's the concept. So imagine, if you will. You get a donut, a, a jelly-filled donut without jelly and make it flat into a taco. That's what we got going on here. And, and need to add that it came from Scarlet. It came from Scarlet. Which is the same concept with Blue Canoe using another restaurant. Yep. So that's he's so su- cool. Yeah, he's supporting local there. So it's a, a flattened donut without the hole made into a taco shape. The outer rim is covered in some homemade chocolate ganache. And it concretes. Yep, and it gets, it gets hard. And the inside, they put scoops of ice cream. And it's it's pretty much like a high-end. it's dusted with brown sugar and cinnamon, might I add. Which is two of my favorite confections, for sure. And it, uh, it's just a high, it's really a high-end street Choco Taco. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, of the tacos I ate, it's going to be hard to beat that dessert taco. <laughs> I mean, no matter what t- taco I get moving forward, yeah. there's always going to be room for the dessert. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it was a really great time. Man, the the mural art is by a guy called, or a person called Birdcap. Um said he came down for a couple weeks, did all the painting. It's a really cool place. Um, I'm proud of Adam. I'm proud of Tupelo for supporting it. Same. Um, it's going to be here for a long time, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say he's on to something. I mean, he really is on to something here. We don't, know a con- we don't know of anything like this anywhere. I don't. I, I really don't. Uh, the, the bar program is great. The servers are fantastic. We had Raina Dupree. Uh, she's oh, yeah. she's sweet as can be, and she's awesome. I mean, she she could run the place literally. I mean, she could run the but place. But that's how Adam kind of operates. He he educates his staff on what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. not just the food, the drinks, but the culture of what they want to look like. And they're all so so good at incorporating it into giving you service at their restaurant. Yeah. Now, just to 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 go back to the actual individual food, I didn't mention I got the McCormick taco. That's right. Which is the your mom's homemade McCormick seasoned taco, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it, I, I I pulled it up, and then I got the uh, I, you did. <laughs> I did. So here was on McKinley's taco called the McCormick. It had a picadillo, avocado, salsa roja, jalapeno infused sour cream, and microgreens. And let me tell you that jalapeno infused sour cream things that are infused mm-hmm. are always they good. Are. Ain't no lie. <laughs> and, then I got, and then I got uh, I got the uh, the chop barbecue taco yeah the main reason i did that is because i love chopped barbecue i think it's the best barbecue it's probably the best i've ever had their brisket sandwich is literally the best barbecue dish i think i've ever eaten so i just knew when they when adam said he was gonna put that on a taco i was like i'm in yeah on the chop on the chop uh classic barbecue sandwich that's of course clay house of pig barbecue which is some of the best barbecue in the region and uh he had chopped barbecue pork barbecue sauce slaw and griddled cheese dude 
I'm telling you. <laughs> but and to speak to the pizza, I had never had Detroit style pizza to my knowledge. Yeah. But let me say this: if you've ever had a late night out in college, and you just needed a quick fix, you went to Little Caesars because you could right. get it in three minutes. This would be like if you had that same feeling, except for you were getting a thirty dollar pizza right. for. Would we pay eight bucks? Yeah, I, I think mean, combined. The cost efficiency of this place is something we haven't mentioned, and it's 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 yeah, amazing. On the, the Rachel, uh, it was uh, Italian sausage, ricotta lasagna sauce, um, red pepper flakes, crushed arbol seeds, and grated Romano. And as you could hear, there were no peppers or onions, so that's why we went with it. But, for instance, if you wanted to build your own, you can, which is probably what I would do next time to go a little and bit more extravagant. Will. Yeah. Um, another big one uh, that was pretty popular that night that people were getting was the Mean Green. Italian sausage, broccoli, ricotta, ricotta, cream sauce, red pepper flakes, and hot local honey. That just sounds cool, right? You had me at ricotta. I know. You had me at honey. <laughs> honey. Honey. <laughs> but anyway, shout out to Adam for doing a really big deal. Um, Unbelievable. Thank him for letting us come by and check it out. Uh, we're going to do a podcast from there one night. We are. We're going to sit over there in the corner. Without question. Adam, if you're listening, it's happening. I don't care what you've got going on. We're doing a podcast from your place. You don't even have to be involved. We're just going to come in there with microphones and start talking. With mouths full of pizza. So your pizza, dog. But we really appreciate it. Get over Adam. it if you're against it. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He would love it. He'll come over there between uh, between Gladhanding folks and give us a quote. You know Adam. He's, he's a man Absolutely. of the people. He is one of, he is one of the guys who is 100% into Tupelo. You know what I mean? He, if, it, yes. if it betters our city, Adam's behind us. So shout out to him. Um, that leads me to another thing. Speaking of uh, cool things that happened last week, okay, uh, in the past week, this past Wednesday, of course, you know, it was my birthday. We or Thursday was my birthday, but Wednesday we had a private show at the Blue Delta Jeans Studio with my friends Luthy from the band Luthy. It's Christian Luthy, Amber Woodhouse, and all those folks. Yeah. We fit about forty folks into the Blue Delta Jeans Studio, which is about as big as a walk-in closet. <laughs> it was a little bit bigger than that, but uh, it was really cool. And we had uh, Joe and Brian uh, from Joe Austin and the Tallahatchies. They opened for him. And, uh, man, we had a really cool camera crew, and we put on an event, man. Uh, Luthie and them burned the place down. It was like an old, sweaty juke joint speakeasy. People were, you know, front to back, shoulder to shoulder. Nobody cared. We, uh, man, it was awesome. And uh, we got some really cool audio and stuff. But after that, you are speaking about pizza. On a Wednesday night in Oxford, not a lot to eat at at 10 o'clock at night. So we got through there, and we went to St. Leo's Lounge. And they weren't serving pizza at that time. They had a guy spinning records. So we had, you know, we had a couple of drinks to catch up. It's always good to catch up with Luthie and them off the road. Absolutely. But they said, man, where, where can we go, you know, to get food? And I was like, well, man, we really, we got, we got two options. They we, didn't know that you were a late-night Oxford food kind of They did not know at that. At the That's, time, said, well, man, that we got, we got two options. We got three chevrons. <laughs> Which is the finest chicken on a stick you yeah, ever have. Yeah, three chevrons to choose from. I said, or... We can go to Square Pizza, and that and and here's staple. Here's my thing about Square Pizza. At noon, I'm not eating Square Pizza. No. At nine o'clock at night, I'm not eating Square Pizza. Not that it's not good. It's just not where it's I would not go. What's on your mind? But at, at after the hour of ten thirty to eleven, bingo. You can't beat it. And I think the quote the other night was, "Square Pizza is not the best pizza you're going to eat." But sometimes square pizza is the best pizza you're going to eat. You know what I mean? Like it's the best pizza pe- piece of pizza you're going to eat right now. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> Tate Moore, who is a uh, lead singer of the Kudzu Kings, and also Tate Moore in the Cosmic Door, he owns the place, and they're really cool. But uh, it was funny. Um, they had a they have a Bringing young memory. They right have a, now, they have right. a young man in the Luthi crew. He's a freelance uh, keyboard player, and uh, they they got him for this tour because they needed a keyboard guy. Their key, their original guy, I think, was back home. Wife had a kid. He's got a young man's named Connor Broom. He's yeah. actually going to be on the podcast later. Oh, you speaking some NBA later great. on. Uh, he's a 21 year old guy from Boston, 
huge Celtics fan. He's got a really cool mustache, but and, and Connor's an awesome guy. But his look is reminiscent of the kid from Stranger Things, grown-up yep. version. And um, the other night we were at uh, and by kid from Stranger Things, you know who we're yeah, talking you know about. what we're talking about. Uh, but Connor, he, 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 he's super talent, man. I, he, there aren't many keyboard players that I think better than him after hearing him play. But we were at Square Pizza, and we had the centerpiece stuck to the bottom of the the box, and with everybody there. Connor said he could eat this piece of pizza without using his hands. So they held his curly hair back, and it was documented, whatever. But anyway, he bent down, and he got this pizza, and he got it off the box, and he flipped it back like Silence of the Lambs on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he chewed it down. But anyway, he's now uh, Square Pizza famous. But anyway, it takes me back to my next thing that I was kind of segueing into. Um, Luthy in Oxford played at Proud Larry's after they played the Blue Delta thing. Nearly sold the place out with the Magic City Hippies. I heard it was an absolute just yeah, blast. An absolute I heard blast. They just set it off. And the reason I'm talking about the music is, is something else. It was it was my birthday week, but people deal with things a certain way. And every year I go watch a lot of music on my sure. birthday. It kind of helps with the grief of getting older. You know, uh, birthday weeks are great for a lot of folks, but for me, not so much all the time. There's yeah. folks that aren't there that I wish they were there. Sure. You know, both parents, you know, whatever. Siblings are going different places. So instead of sitting there and dwelling on what's not around, I go watch live music. Every you like I am a football guys guy. You are a music, music guys guy. guy. Every year since about 2012, I fill my birthday week with concerts. So I saw two Luthie shows, and then I was fortunate enough with Blue Delta on a Saturday and Sunday to go work Mempho Fest at Shelby Farms. Yep. Now, Mempho Fest is one of the really cool festivals in our area. It's an environmentally friendly festival that caters to a lot of musical interest. This year, the theme was pretty much like hip hop. And Americana music. So on one stage, you would get Margot Price, Brandy Carlisle, The Revivalist. On the other stage, you'd get DJ Paul, Wu-Tang Clan. This is a dog, one you cannot trust. No, you cannot trust him. But it was him, <laughs> Lil White, LeChad, all those folks. It was everybody Takes but UCJ. Back. Tenth grade, run, burnt w- CDs. Wu-Tang Clan was great. Uh, Based on what we know, too, they're not anything to mess with. You don't mess with them. And you know what? About 30 times throughout that <laughs> show, I heard that they ain't nothing, nothing to mess with. All over the park, you could hear, woo, hey, woo. I mean, it's just everywhere. But it was really cool. But the highlight, I guess, outside of, you know, meeting all the folks I do and working Minfo, I, I got to go backstage and put jeans on some of my one of my favorite bands, The Revivalist. Which also happens to be one of my favorite bands. You and I go way back about this. Tell me about your fandom of The Revivalist real quick. Well, How, what goes back there? It's really, really interesting, Brian. When I was in college, I had a good buddy named Coit Hutchison. He's from Baton Rouge, you know, the revivalist based out of New, uh, New Orleans, Northern, Louisiana yeah. area. And he knows he knew those guys well. And in college, he said, man, I really want you to go see this band with me tonight. It was like a Wednesday night. I think it was at Rick's or State. I don't even remember. Yeah. But uh, I, I was really, you know, I guess you'd say negligent. I was real noncommittal when he asked me. But he was like, man, seriously, I know these guys, and I really think you'll like them. I said, man, all right, why not? You know, I'll go for a little while. Well, I went, and I wound up loving it. I mean, really loving it. And I asked myself after we left, one, one thing that I really loved about them is it was no covers. Mm-hmm. It was all originals. And you could tell that not only were they originals, they weren't trying to get their name out there. Kind of like you and I doing the podcast, we're just talking. Those guys were just playing music. They were just rocking. And they just, they, they, you could tell they loved their songs, the soul they put into their lyrics, the thought they put in it. And it's, it's a billion instruments, man. It was so cool. They got like nine guys up there. <laughs> you know, they all know, nine got jeans, too. And they'll, and they'll, they'll mix it up. They'll, I mean, they'll, one of them will go do this, one of them will do this. And it's, 
But, man, they've got four or five songs that, no kidding, and I don't have this list handy, but of the top 50 songs I've ever ever heard, they've got three or four of them in there. That's how much I like this band. And I've seen them three or four times since. Brian and I, you saw them. We saw them at uh, the Lyric. We did. Uh, I guess that was about two or three years ago. It was a random ago. Wednesday or Thursday night. That, we almost hit that deer on the way back. We did. <sighs> oh, man, I don't want to talk about that part of it. But, but we'll we talk about the revival. But, that, but the actual show itself, I bought their latest CD at the time. Uh, it, and if you're not familiar with it, it's the one that had the hit. Uh, I wish I knew wish you when you I was young. When yeah. I was young. And uh, But, man, as far as just, i got to mention somebody, and you'll love this. Chris Vandiver yes. is not a guy who gets into off-the-beaten-path music. Mm-hmm. And and admittedly, I'm not much either, but mainly because I just, doing what I do, I've got a short trek to work. I'm, you know, three or four minutes. I'm Your usually podcast radio, and pop. Podcast, exactly. Well, I put him off on the song Soul Fight. Yes. Which, had if, if the revivalists were with a bigger label, this is the type of song that would have got to number one on Billboard. At that time. At that, at time. that time. Yeah. Now they're big. I mean, and, and now, now they're, they're worldwide. Yeah. But, man, I'm telling you, I love this band, and uh, I'm really just waiting for Brian to book the uh, Magnolia Block Party for the Revivalists. <laughs> we'll work on that. Sponsored by the Happening Pod, Mississippi Radio Group, Holland Funeral Directors, and Blue Delta G. And Pizza vs. Taco. <laughs> Pizza vs. Taco. Yeah, but I'll tell you. It's going to take place at 402 Magnolia. I mean, they were so gracious. Like, it was, I walked, uh, my good friend Andy Frasco, he helped bridge a gr- Bridge a gap there, I, I think. Yeah. Um. Uh. He's friends with everybody, and uh, David, Mr. David Shaw, the lead singer of the group, has yes. been on his podcast. Fantastic talent. All great. Man, he's so good. But they were so gracious, man. I got to go back in their dressing room. They gave me a Coke Zero. I was thirsty. I was sweating. You know, and and they were, I grateful is the guys. I hate to say that because I'm sure people give them stuff or you know oh, or, or, or try to sell them their wares all the time. Yeah. Uh, but man, it was just a big deal for me to go in there and talk about our product and then be interested in it. They're asking me questions about how to launder raw denim. And man, what kind of colors can we get? How many threads can we choose? And you can at, tell they're those kind of guys. Yeah, and too. after the show, I'm just sitting at my tent, and I get a media uh, artist relations liaison. I walk up and go, "Hey, revivalist, like for you to come back and hang out with them and talk about jeans again." So what did I do? I grabbed my stuff and hauled butt back there to hang out with yeah. them again. So I mean, it was cool. It was really cool. But uh, it, it was it was just really neat. Uh, it was a good week, and I, uh, it kind of culminates with ending up here with you talking about what's happening, man. And uh, I'm glad to be here. What do you think? You glad to be here? I live here. <laughs> I'm just happy the dogs are behaving well, tonight. That's and not what I was to jump on at. your lap. I love it when they jump on my lap, man. I'm I not going to lie. Just not but during the podcast. Speaking of speaking of Mempho, you and I have been doing really good with our food intake. We were talking about that. If there's one thing you and I do, Brian, and what we going to talk, we going to talk about. Well, food. We're going to talk about food, but I got to tell you, man, I went, I went a little off the rails at Mempho. It is a fat guy's wonderland. With the street food they have there, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about two things in particular. And what some of us call a cheat day, a che- cheat weekend, <laughs> week. forty-eight hours of cheat, nine meals yeah. total, yeah, eighty-three thousand <laughs> calories and two plates of food. Um, but I had uh, there are two things I had while I was up there. I want to talk about one. Uh, I went to a food stand called Tika's Dank Nugs, and it's a play on chicken nuggets, of course, and also a play on stoner food at a festival. I get it, but um, balls of chicken, deep fried. On plates of garlic parm and bacon fries, smothered in your choice of sauces. Now they also had bell peppers, onions, stuff like that. You know, and I'm of course, like we said, not into that grown up junk food. Grown up junk food. It was like the most gangster ghetto nachos I've ever had. So, which leads me to my next thing: What's your favorite fair or festival food? All right, 
you're going to laugh at this. I know it seems childish, but I absolutely love. I'll, I'll give you a sweet and I'll give you a savory. Mm-hmm. I like a little bit of both. Well, I knew you would expect no less <laughs> from a review. But I love candied apples with nuts on them. I didn't think you expect me to I say that. I was thinking you were going to come with funnel cake. Well, like, I love funnel well, cake. Yeah, but, it gets I do. All on you. but let me say this about funnel cake. I was so addicted to Corn Dog 7, <laughs> I almost had to go to rehab when I was a kid in the mall before. The the, by dozens. I loved Corn Dog 7. Corn Dog 7, mustard, lemonade. Oh, oh take, say, say no more. Take my $6 in 1994. That's why I enjoy watching Stranger Things. Because know, when they're in the mall, back, I just man. know there's a corn dog seven in there by Scoops Ahoy. <laughs> Ain't no, no doubt. doubt. <laughs> they're, they're, they're eating corn dogs. But anyway, you, you, but no, you like candied, candied apples, apples. man. And, 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 and traditional, I, I can eat any apple. But let me say this, as far as apples, and this is the health food portion of the show that we'll never have. A, we may do one next year. <laughs> this is the only time we'll talk about healthy food. If you're a fruit person, which not many people are, but I actually I'm am. I'm a fruit man, okay. more so than a vegetable man. The best apple you can get, this is not debatable, so don't even prepare an argument, yeah. is a honey crisp apple. Ooh. If you've never had a I honey crisp. I haven't had a honey crisp in a And this is the thing. People love the reds, the Washington reds. The people love the, the Granny Smith. The cheaper. I'm telling you. The honey crisp. It's like a blend. It's like when you have a uh, Shih Tzu and a Bulldog, have mm-hmm. a puppy. Mm-hmm. And what you would call that, uh, but it's it's really more. What like, would you call that? <laughs> <laughs> Any unusual breedings? <laughs> but no, it's like a blend of the. <laughs> Got me tickled. <laughs> it's a blend of like Yukon Gold, and then like the Ruby Red, mm-hmm. and like a Granny Smith. So it's like a a love child of those three apples, and it's got this beautiful. Like red and gold, it's like Florida State mm-hmm. mascot. The Florida State apple. apple, the garnet and gold apple, the garnet and gold. And, and I'm telling you, Brian, it's so sweet you need it for dessert, but it's actually good for you. Right. Now that being said, as far as candied apple goes, I could eat any of the apples, but I like the traditional caramel. Caramel. With, I was about to ask nuts you. On I was going to ask you caramel or red candy. So I, I am a caramel with the nuts. I on like it. the caramel with the nuts. The red candy is okay, but it sticks to my teeth. Yeah, and it's it's a little, it's gummy. A little cumbersome. It's real gummy. Yeah, a little cumbersome to uh, eat. Too heavy, too light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> too wrong or too right. <laughs> so, I love it when you do that. I'm now with you, but, dude. dude. But there there is a synergy in this room between me and you and these three dogs that people can't it's com- those comprehend. Br- it's those brain waves going, and even the dogs know what we're talking for about. For sure, for sure. But um, my savory, yeah, just because we just mentioned it, is a foot long corn dog, man. I just, I'm telling you, and don't get me wrong, I love corn dog seven, but man, when you get one of those ones from the fair that they have to fry in front of you, and it's like the hot dog's almost as long as the stick, and like they undercook it just a little bit so that like the outside part of the corn breading is like yeah. crunchy, no. but the inside's kind of like mushy. So, Brian, and I slather half ketchup, half mustard. All right, so McKinley and I have known of each other for a long time. <laughs> decade, you know, decade or so more. Uh, we, we've coached together going back about six, seven years ago. So we've been really close oh, yeah. since about 2012, about seven years, 2013. He has never lied to me, ever. But I'll, And he's told me a lot of truths. He has never told me anything more true than what he just told me right there. There is no better fair food than a foot-long particular Pronto pup. Oh, Brian. 
And he he he, he prefers his with ketchup and mustard. I'm cool with that on a pronto pub. I don't like ketchup on a hot dog, but on the right. the, the, the the corn dog it's fine. See, I like loaded hot dogs. Yeah. ketchup, mustard, relish. Yeah, as know. long as there's mustard on it, I'm okay. I don't mustard really just got a good taste yeah, on a dog. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I'll say this: I I could probably eat. Six of those corn dogs at one time. Dude. It's like eating donuts. They don't fill me up. Chinese food. Oh, I, I love them. I love them. Um, I go to Memphis in May and one every year. And one of the my favorite reasons to go to Memphis in May is the Pronto Pub. I mean, there's man, you you've hurt you have made me so hungry thinking about a Pronto oh, no. Pub. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, because it's my favorite too, and it's not even close. Like it, it really isn't. It's not. I don't even like. I I'll be honest with. You, I don't like corn dogs. Any other way. Like, like I, mean, I don't buy them like fridge, no. like like freezer. Bowl. And when so- the only time I'll ever get a corn dog not from a Pronto Pub is when Sonic might do the fifty cent corn dogs. Yeah, you know, and that's a good, that's a solid corn dog. Yeah, you know, uh, if there's a r- restaurants try to do the really high end corn dog, sometimes an appetizer, and that's cool, but it's still not the same. I love it, man. But you even described the best way to eat it: yes. crispy outside, a little mushy inside, oh. hot dog. I like when they get the paintbrush and slather on oh, your mustard. That, dog. Make, that makes me think of Oxford, right outside the library by yes. Square Pizza, no, where they. No. But dude. It's it's so interesting you say that because I think there's a lot of people out there like us that you don't want a corn dog until you know that there's one close in your proximity. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And when when you do know that there's one close in your proximity, there's nothing else that will satisfy your hunger. It's so funny than I, a corn dog. I go to Memphis in May, like I said, or Beale Street Music Fest, and my guests, the people that I always go with, they go to the beer line, and you always get two beers because you don't want to wait in line. So they'll right. come back double fisting beers, and I go to the corn dog. <laughs> double fist, double fist corn, corn dog. <laughs> Double it's like they're all dog. standing at the music show rocking out, and I got one corn dog in my right and one corn dog in my left, just alternating Brian, bites. I need to make a pledge to you right now. Please do. <laughs> if I ever hit it big, and by big I mean able to live the lifestyle I live now and have a little extra income to play with. <laughs> so maybe win a big bet next week. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Ohio State big. minus 14 at Wisconsin. Locking Man, Oklahoma right State let me down. I know, me too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but... You and I are going to open a corndog place in Tupelo in a prime location. And we know just the people to hook us up. With the, I may walk if I ever hit it big somehow, make a bajillion dollars, I'm going to go up to Mitch and hand him cash in hundreds and say, dude, I'm buying MGK, okay? You got a month to do something with her, I'm turning it into the best dead gun <laughs> corndog place in the South. So here's we go. Play on words. Can't steal corndog seven. But everything that was old is once new. Retrofitted, really cool, vintage-looking corndog place, corndog heaven. You down? I've already signed the lease, Brian. Okay. With Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Downtown. But no, oh, man, okay. That's such a great topic, though, man. I know. We could talk forever about it. Yeah. I don't know why LSU fans get ragged on so bad for eating corn dogs. I love like, it I when they come great. to town. Everybody's like, "Moo, corn dogs!" I'm like, dude, can I come tailgate with you guys? You guys I'd rather be with y'all. <laughs> yeah. Y'all doing corn dogs I, over there? Yeah, I can wear my t-shirt and drink my natural light with you guys. Just a, to... just an interesting take on LSU fans too. This is so great. Anybody that's an LSU fan that listens to this, LSU fans are the only fans in America that are on your campus, like, the Tuesday before the set. Like, I was being in college, like, okay, why is there four LSU fans in my psych class at 10 a.m.? Yeah, why are they? Don't but they're, like, like, they're out tailgating, and, like, there's members of campus police, like, like, hey, man, y'all can't be here until, like, Friday at 5. They're like, where can we go? And they'll just well, like, go somewhere in town and just set up. It's funny how you and I talk food, and it leads to sports. Because we were fixing to talk about State and Ole Miss. Yeah. Really quick. 
Uh, and you know, State played LSU. Yeah. And Ole Miss played. Uh, who did we just get beat by? A and M. A and M. Take our pick. Uh, and we're not going to talk about it long. But before we get that, this talks about LSU and Corn Dogs. The story, real quick. Years ago, LSU came to Oxford. We weren't real good. Uh, some friends of I, mine, and we were tailgating above the baseball field by the old education yeah. building. Uh, we weren't cool enough to go to the Grove. We were too much white trash back then to do that. Yeah. So we had way too many drinks, and we did not enjoy what was going on in the football game, so we left. And some friends of mine thought it would be a good idea to go down the hill. And <clears throat> vandalize would not be an accurate word, but maybe take a really nice LSU flag off a tent. I've been there. And maybe a few other nice things. They were, you know, we were young, you know. I'm not going to incriminate anybody. But anyway, they came back up to the tailgate with it and hid it in somebody's truck, and then they left. We all left. There were two white trucks sitting side by side. Well, we left in the white truck that, you know, had the, yeah, the had LSU, the LSU stuff. The bus driver from the charter bus for the LSU alumni group saw my friends taking the articles off the tailgate tent. Oh so when boy. this entire group comes back and they want to know where their stuff is, he says, hey, guys, those they pointed to us. Well, my other friends who finished the game were coming back to their car. And <laughs> my friend there is, walks up and these gigantic Cajun men from Baton Rouge say, we want our stuff, not those words. They were very rude about it. And my guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, you came down here and stole our flags, and they're in that truck. My guys had way too many beers, knowing what's about to happen. He's like, man, I don't have what you got. He's like, man, we're going to open that door whether you like it or not. And now all of a sudden, everybody there is kind of putting two and two together, like something's going on we don't know about. There was one guy who stuck around from our group. He is terrified. And they're like, you're one of them. He's like, no, man, I didn't take it. I didn't take it. So – they look in this guy's truck, nothing there. Because, like, the other truck was gone. <clears throat> one of the men who did not take anything but came back from the game after it was over was none other than Ryan Moody. <laughs> the fear on his face. I can imagine. He, they were surrounded by a dozen, a dozen drunk LSU fans. And oh. in the rankings of people you don't want to mess with, they're right up there. With the Irish mm-hmm. and English soccer fans. Yeah, and the Illuminati. <laughs> Grown Cajun men have been through it all. Man, they, and that's not somebody you won't mad at. They you. were so mad, they were speaking clear English to us. There was no Cajun dialect. When they slow their <laughs> dialect down, run or start giving money away. They were enunciating words and finishing sentences, and it was terrifying. But, man, it was just funny. That story popped in my head thinking about corn dogs and LSU. <laughs> because it brings me to my next point. We won't talk about it long, but... Give me your thoughts real quick about State and Coach Moorhead before we move along. Okay. I know we want to talk about this. And I and we, we, as the season yeah. goes on, we can because the narrative is probably not going to change yeah. much. Uh, as it looks like right now, State's got three winnable games left on their schedule. Arkansas, Abilene Christian, and Ole Miss. After, based on, based on the events of the last three weeks, State has losses to, or four weeks, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, and a bye week in between. Everybody, the Auburn win, everybody was over, or loss, everybody was over. The bye week and the Tennessee win, loss, everybody's not over. Can't get over those. And it's really, really tough to. I felt really heartfelt for Moorhead after the game because there were Mississippi State fans that were screaming at his daughter on their way out the stadium, telling them how bad their dad sucked. Now, I, I say that to preface what I'm about to say, but first and foremost, it's one thing to say something man-to-man to somebody's face. It's another thing to say something to his family, especially a younger human being 
That's ridiculous. Whoever that is ought to be reprimanded for that. Uh, there's no place for that in any sports at any yeah. level. Now, that being said, I was I, I think Joe Moorhead is deep down in his heart a very good person. I really do. I say that to say that I think he's out of his out of place. He's over his head. And I think he's over his head. There's a lot of rumor of him and Rutgers having mutual interest. I think unless he can find a way to win those three games, and, and I hate to – that's the thing, Brian. I believe in processes. I'm a coach myself. You've coached before. Sure. I Give believe in processes. Yeah. I believe in people getting their own people in, getting their stuff implemented. But I do also believe that at the same time, what he's trying to do is not what Mississippi State is built on. No. Mississippi State has always been the underdog in most annuals and in many people's eyes. They've been tough. For the most part, they've been Mississippi kids from small towns who are who have gone through adversity. And, and, and really more so than anything, Mississippi State is crying out for an identity right now. They're grinders. That's who State that, always heard about. State's grinders. Sta- for, for years, Jackie Sherrill, uh, John Bond, uh, Dan Mullen, I mean, even Johnson, even their good, even their best players were grinders. They're running backs. I mean, I mean, you know, they're State players. has always been good at keeping you out of the end zone and running the football. Mm-hmm. This is just not some. This is just something they're not doing. You can't change the culture of an entire. Well, you can I, if you have success with it, but there has yeah, not been enough success yeah. to. It doesn't to, happen overnight. Yeah. That's for sure. Now, here's I'll say all that to say this, and then I'll finish that up. <clears throat> Joe Moorhead goes seven and five then I think that's a win considering what's going on throughout the course of the year. I do believe regardless of whether he's the coach at Mississippi State next year or not, he needs a lesson in PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs to ha- He's been humbled. He has admitted that. I think that he needs to take a step back, reevaluate what it is he's doing, try to re-blend it and re-win over the fans of Mississippi State because I do firmly believe that there is a future with Garrett Schrader at quarterback I at agree. Mississippi State. I agree. And whether it's him – or a new coach, it's a nice building block to have. Now, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to complain one way or the other about the outcomes of games moving forward, including the Ed Bowl, which I have been to 28 straight at this point. I will be in attendance this year. Mm -hmm, I'm not going to stop that. Uh, But I'm tired of the talk, whether it be from Moorhead himself, fans, or media. I thought they played hard against LSU. That's what I expect moving forward is play hard for these last five games. Yeah, play hard and the wins, win the games you can win. You know what I mean? That's just really all it is to it. Absolutely. I, I firmly believe they're going to beat Arkansas and Abilene Christian. I do too. Well, that give them six or five. How many they got now? That gives them five. So you got to we're you got to be playing to beat Ole Miss for the bowl game, and, and it could be the same way in Oxford. Absolutely. Um, and that's always a fun game. You know, uh, this year, Brian, I think most people in the stands are just going to have coffee and just chat about what they're getting their relatives for Christmas. So hold hold on. I, this, this before I move on to I want two things I want to talk about but right there, Remember, early in the year we talked about the uh, the opportunity maybe to have the preseason football games and we were like people could get together and tailgate and have a good time. That's right. If there was ever a year that Ole Miss <laughs> fans could get together with state fans in harmony and be like, hey man, we both kind of suck. We're both not really happy with our coaching staff. Let's just talk about better days gone by and how you've been killing any deer this year. This would be the year. You yeah. know what I mean? It would be fun, but. I always try to take an Ole Miss fan mm-hmm. to the Egg Bowl if I don't go with my mom. So, I know a guy mm-hmm. that may want to go with me this For year. For sure, yeah. One of those guys that you know has never been to a game inside the stadium at Mississippi State. Oh, man. He tailgated too think hard. I, mom, if you're listening, I think you just lost your He tailgated too hard all those years. He's too sweaty. <laughs> Didn't want to go. <laughs> Scared of heights. <laughs> Where I'd have to sit or he'd have to sit. Anyway, but – I want to speak to something else real quick. Um, you talked about 
the uh, the fan talking to uh, Moorhead's family, in particular his daughter. My dad was a long coach, long time coach, and he used to tell my mother and then my stepmother, his second wife, um, "Hey, baby, look, I know you're going to come to every game of coach. You're even going to come watch Brian play when you know when I was playing. But I'm going to give you a word of advice." Don't sit on the home side. And Lisa and my mother would always go, why? He says, well, here's the deal. The visiting fans are supposed to hate me. They're supposed to yell at me. They're supposed to yell at your son, your stepson. The home fans aren't. And that was always a thing. Now, in a college stadium, sometimes you can't get away from it. Right. But if you're the coach's family, you actually can. You can. So here's my thing. Go sit in a box. Agree. I mean, I mean, there is no reason that they should have gotten talked to like that. No. But – at this juncture in the game. And at this level of sports. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. And that's why I was kind of so indifferent about that press conference because part of me was thinking, you know, go sit in the box and, mm-hmm. you know, walk out with the rest of the fans yeah. so people don't know who you are. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and but the other part of me was like, okay, I get it. Your dad had a tough day. You want to go down there and hug his neck, tell him you still love him. I get that and I can appreciate that. But if you, you know, you can see him at some point without 100,000 people they're right there watching you walk through a tunnel. Yeah, for sure. Catch, catch him later. Like, it's okay. Yeah. And and that's just the thing. And for the coaches' wives and kids out here, don't get upset by it. No, don't let it bother you. Don't let it bother you. The same thing, you know, your dad said to, you know, your mom and your stepmom. One thing, and I love my mom to death, she works the concession stand for our games. So, and it's nothing against my parents or even opposing teams. There's a lot of opposing teams' parents that don't like me, specifically some that I actually know right. in Legion games. But, and that's okay. They're going to say stuff, and I'm going to bark out at umpires, and then you'll hear somebody's it's mom part on the of other being team say something like, yeah. go sit down, Cody. Yeah. Man, okay, whatever. I don't care. I don't want my mom to hear that. So right. she, gracefully enough, for free, works our concession stand. Our, my parents love her. She loves my parents. And it's it's a it's – a, it, there's a dissociation yeah. in terms of the baseball game, but a very, very nice friendliness not talking about baseball. I remember coaching at Pontotoc. Um, I can speak to this. Uh, People in the stands at times would say things to us. And I remember one of my best friends in the world coaching beside me there. He would always say, I don't care if they yell at me. You know what I mean? That's fine. You know what I mean? Don't really care if they yell at you. That's fine. But they don't need to say the things to the kids on the floor. Agree. You know what I mean? And they don't need to say things to people in the stands. And that was always kind of – that was a good thing. Like, And I remember one time we had some parents letting our players have it because – they didn't. A couple of those times, I got a little hot. And I remember one time, him was pretty much saying, "Like you gonna talk to him like that? You can talk to me later, but you ain't gonna talk to him like that." You know, and uh, that's the thing. You know, it, it, which is a really, really cool way and a smart way. Only, only he would think of to, mm-hmm. to dissolve that situation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, just as just as a, a word of caution, feel free to sit with the people who aren't supposed to like you. It's easier sit with the enemies. You know, you know what they're gonna say about you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Ole Miss, you know, running running down them real quick. Just want to make sure everybody stays healthy. Um, you know, let's make sure Jerry Neely gets to baseball season. Which he's means, a little banged up. Yeah, yeah, a little bl- yeah, banged yeah. up. Let's. I mean, we're you got to throw the ball a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, we're a little one dimensional. And here's the thing: being a coach myself, and my father being an old school coach when he was living, sometimes as a coach, you do know what's best. And sometimes running that football is your best option. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like even if everybody's saying you got to throw the ball, no. No, you want us to. I get it. I mean, but we, we want have, to too. But we, we want to be balanced as well. But this is our best chance to win or keep it close keep the to game win. Shorten it up. Yeah, or have a chance to win at the end. Absolutely. You know, Rich Rod knows what he's doing. Now, is it cool? No. Do people who've never coached fully get it? No. Do I get it as somebody who has coached? No, but I do. I mean, you know, 
basketball coach, I want to run plays to shoot threes and dunk. Sometimes you just want to throw that thing to the post player and let him score 40 times in a row like Al, Al Jefferson would. You don't have to get flashy. That's right. You know, in football, sometimes it's not about being flashy. Um, I think next year the play calling will be much more suitable mm-hmm. for Plumlee or Corral, whoever's playing quarterback. They'll have a year under yeah. the system, and uh, people will be a little bit more confident. Right now, Rich Rod, Luke, they're just trying to win football games. I mean, and, and that's all that's going on with the And, play you know, calling. if you're an Ole Miss fan – if you're if you're a true fan and you support the university and the athletic department, I hope you can appreciate that. Yeah. Because a lot of people at this juncture would be being you know publicity stuff and trying to really these guys are just trying to win. No, I mean they're literally guys. They're not trying to lose. I promise you, they're not. They're not dumb. Like no. they call plays to put themselves in the best position to win. It's not necessarily score. And you know another that thing that people I mean, don't realize too, and and you and I can just speak to this to the coaching side of it. People that are not on the field, on the sideline, that are in the stands watching, don't always realize that most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, your players are on board with what your coaches are doing. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, you and the players have an agreement that, oh, we should be passing or, you know, we should be running this offense or we should be bunting more or whatever. They, they're there for a reason. Yep. And if they, if they didn't like – what the coaches were doing, you'd see them on the bench, yep. or you'd see them transfer. Transfer. Speaking of exact, man, McKinney, that was spot on. Speaking of exactly what you just said, years ago, uh, Yazoo County, Archie Carlisle was back, their basketball coach, world famous in this state, won several state championships at different spots, but he was at Yazoo County, and they had a system. If you played them man-to-man, they ran their normal offense and they scored on you all night long. But if you played them zone, they held it. They didn't care if you were better I'll than them. Never forget this or if, game. Or if they could have been thirty points better than you. He's still going to hold it. He's going to come make you guard them. They're playing Holly Springs never state tournament, it. and there were the best Holly Springs team around. And there were probably maybe ever. And there were probably eight thousand people in the Coliseum. It was full. Yep. Because Lanier was really awesome at that time too. Oh like yeah. It was full. Um, and I remember seven thousand people in the Coliseum booing and going absolutely nuts at Yazoo County. But there were a thousand people wearing Yazoo County color sitting behind that bench who were one hundred percent bought in on holding that basketball. Not just the players, everybody at that school, every fan in the stands, because they knew this coach is doing what is best for our team to win. The entire community was totally cool with them scoring twelve points to beat High Springs and win state championship. And guess what they did? They exactly scored, they scored that. twenty points and won twenty-two to nine yeah, final. Yeah, something like that. But like they totally bought in. You know what I mean? And um. College fans aren't like that. That's what I'm getting no. at. Like, you know, there's not that relationship. Yeah. People walk you don't in see the, these people every yeah, day. Yeah, people knew Archie Carlisle. You know, they could go up to him in his practice and they say, Coach, why do you hold the ball when people play zone? He'd probably look him right in the face and say, because I want to. And you know, get, he probably did. <laughs> he probably held up that right hand of his and goes, you see that rock on this finger <laughs> yeah. right here? That's why. Yeah, I and, th- and that's what I'm getting at. It's so much easier to kind of have a system and an identity in high school just to win because it's just about winning. College is about flash and dash, getting oh, yeah. highlights. So, Ole Miss fans just get behind the Rebels. They're they're doing the best Agreed. they can. Um and um, basketball season's coming soon. So I mean for both of us, that's what I'm getting at. So it's going to be exciting. That show will be coming up soon. That, boy, I'm excited. Well, speaking of basketball, NBA basketball <laughs> starts. And before McKinley and I get too deep into this, we got a little bit of a two parter for you today, and it's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of Luthi, uh, Connor Broom, the keyboardist that I was talking about, he's a big NBA basketball guy. He's a big Celtics fan. We've got a second half of the pod today. So after McKinley and I – Stick around and listen. Yeah, to so after McKinley good. and I talk about our NBA thoughts, I just sit back and ask Connor questions and let him talk about his thoughts. He's a 21-year-old kid. He's got it's a different really view cool. and I. Because you and I, we don't know – he doesn't know the Jordan era. 
That's right. He doesn't know the Bird era, even Which though he's a, a Celtics fan. But he's a LeBron era guy. You know, I mean, he's in Paul Pierce is about his golden age. You know what I mean? So it's really cool. And I remember when Paul Pierce was a pup. I remember when he was in Inglewood in high <laughs> yeah. school. You know, so it's going to be really cool to hear his his theories and his takes on things. So that'll be the second half of the podcast after McKinnon and I finish up here. But give me your thoughts on the NBA starting off tomorrow night. Before we even get going, who's the best team this year? I'm going to be different from you. Mm-hmm. I want to be. All right. I want to sit here and be able to. All right. Just just for argumentative sake, I'm going. I'm just going to go on talent. Okay. I'm going, I'm going on talent and NBA style basketball. I like the Rockets. Okay. And I see your face right now. And look, I'm not I stupid. Choke, I had to choke back a gulp. Here's the thing. They're I gonna, get it. They're going to be good, man. They're going to be. They're going to be way better than they were last year without with with the the change. Right. I like. And here's here's what's kind of happened, and it's just an opinion deal. If your question is based on who do I think is going to win it, well, that was going to be my next question. Okay, that's. Not I want to know who's going to be the best team. That's not necessarily who wins it. I think the Rockets will be the talk of the NBA. Okay, I'll say that. I'm going to go out. And st- I'm going to step out and make a prediction. A bold. This is going to be a bold prediction. Bold Monday is what I'm calling this. <laughs> For some reason, Mondays usually aren't bold. The Rockets finish the season with the most regular season wins. I, They're going to be the one seed. Okay. All right. I was going to go with the Bucks most wins. I think the I like that Bu- too. Bucks could be the best team uh, in the NBA regular season style. I'm going to stick to my guns. I've been saying it all summer long until now, and I'm not going to backtrack. And to your credit, you called all of this before free agency sh- mm-hmm. shook out. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go out on the limb. I think by the time the season ends. The Lakers win it all. They might not be the best team in L.A. for a while, but I just think when the playoffs happen, when you have LeBron, A.D., and Kuzma out there and you got guys that can guard long and length on the wings, I think they're going to be the champion. I think the Bucks are the best team. Now, I don't know how you're going to score on the Clippers. With Patrick Beverly and Kawhi, and they got some other dude it's over there blocking people. Paul George? Really, really interesting. Like, I don't know how you're going to score on them. But I feel like the Lakers are about the only team who matches up with them in the West at every position. You know what I mean? Like they have some you can't guard AD. Nobody's no, guarding him. You can't. You know what I mean? And, uh, in the no, with LeBron on his team, nobody's going to guard him. And I'll, AD might win the might mean might, might win an MVP. Right. You know I, I mean, could, I, I mean, I could I could see, see him putting up crazy numbers. You know, like twenty five, eleven, six assists, well, four blocks. The, what's interesting about you saying that? We've completely transformed, and this is not something to spend a ton of time talking about, but you and I grew up in the superstar and Batman and Robin era of mm-hmm. the NBA. The twos. You had twos. Well, thanks to the aforementioned Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, and was it about 06? Yep. I think it was 06. I was in New Albany at that time, so I was about they, 06, yeah. They started the trend of having a big three. It was a big offensive movement in the NBA, and now it is the absolute norm. Even GMs, coaches are drafting, they're thinking of a nucleus of three players to build a team around. As far as big three goes, 
based on pure talent alone, the Lakers are untouched. I they think. are. Because they got two of the top five players in the league on one team. Which, yeah, and that's unheard of. Yeah. That's unheard of. Even if they didn't have Kuzma, they would be a force. It yeah. would just mean more shots for LeBron and, and AD. Yeah. But AD's I say that. stay healthy. But. That, what I actually yeah, mentioned, where did you mention that. that? Because health will play a big role in the West mm-hmm. this year. The East being considerably weaker than it, that you know, it has been for a while. A while. Two or three teams at the top. And then the rest. When it comes winning time. When it weaker. comes winning time, yeah. yes. Uh, other than last year. The pretenders year. will surface, and so will the contenders. Yeah. I say that to say that the East has a better opportunity to stay healthy. Because, yeah. in other words, if Giannis wants to take a night off, he probably can. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the West, you're positioning yourself for seeding. So when the guy's a little nicked up, depending on what team it is, he's probably got to gut it out and play a home-and-home home back-to-back nights. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that may – this is going to be – usually, and I've always kind of thought like this, because I know you're a bigger NBA fan than I am, but I do follow it. Yeah. I think this is going to be a year where the actual season toward the end will actually match the offseason mm-hmm. hype. Yeah. Because I lo- – personally – The ones who made the moves are going to be there in the end. Outside of the finals – I like the offseason better than I do the regular season. It's more exciting. Like, oh, my God, so-and-so got this guy. NBA offseason is the best offseason. And it, it's, it is no question the best offseason. Because we're talking about 2021's offseason now. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like what teams yeah. are going to finish ninth that are going to need to move a guy, make a move, move up to get James Wiseman or what, you know. So, that's, it's just cool. It never ends. The offseason talk never ends. Oh, man. Let's don't wish James Wiseman to the NBA so fast. Well, you, you, I got my Memphis season tickets to the other day, by the I'm way. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, we'll talk about I, that later. I love the pub that, that – that, and, and, you know, just to mention what we were just talking about, Memphis, after this year, and already this year, we'll be talking about who's the third guy we yeah. can pair with John Jaron. And the one thing I love about Memphis, not just because they're regional, I have several friends that are really big time Memphis fans. They're like Grizzlies, the, that is. Yeah, yeah the Grizzlies. Uh, they're like the Braves right now in that they've got two young stars. And they're this, we're going to look up in six, seven years, and you and I are going to remember talking about this and be like, man, remember when they were in their infancy stages and yeah. they went. You know, they went 41 and 41, and then, you know, the next year they won 50. And, then you know, it's just like I just I, – I really like what they're doing. Yeah. And and I hope that, like, it's recognizable within their management. These two guys, we need to lock them up. As soon as their rookie contracts are up, we need to sign them to big deals long term, kind of like they did with Powell and Conley. And, you know, it's just – it's a feel good – to me, the NBA is better when a team like Memphis – yeah. Is really good. Just like the NFL is better when a team like San Francisco is doing what they're doing right now. Man. So don't know. don't get my friends Kyle Mackins and Jared Vandegrift too fired up. They love the <laughs> Niners. But anyway, all right, so cool. I'm, I'm gonna speak for a second on it. Um and then I'm gonna ask you like some uh your your picks for certain things. Done. I think it's gonna be the best NBA basketball season we've had in the last decade. I, and, I agree. and we've had some really good ones. I agree. I think top to bottom it's gonna be the best, even though we're missing some stars. Yes. You know what I mean? Even though Katie's out, Clay's out. Yeah. Um, there's more stars. Th- well, there That's are, the thing now. Are. Used to, you know, and back in more the parody, 90s, you know, yeah, back in the 90s, there's 10 really good players. Now there's like 30. Steph Curry is going to have a huge year. That that may be MVP. I'm about to say, based I, on I, volume. I, I was about to give you my three picks, and I was going to say, legit people that I think could win the MVP this year would be him, Giannis, and I think the James Harden, Russell, they, and Russell Westbrook kind of cancel each other out a little bit. Yeah. So I actually like LeBron to be back in that. 
because he's going to – this is a year he bounced back. We are – uh, if you watch basketball and you pay attention to the things that the way LeBron played, I'm not naive to the fact that LeBron took a little bit of a year off. Yeah, he saw what was going on. Don't kill myself. Don't don't burn my body out for this. When I know we're going to make a big move. Yeah. So um, I like like I said, Giannis um, and Bron, they're going to be awesome. Um, in the East, I like the Celtics to be good. I like the uh, Sixers to be good, and of course the Bucks. Uh, in the West, Clippers, Lakers are going to be really good. Rockets are going to be good. Two teams that are going to be really, really good as well. Trailblazers, Nuggets. Those, there are five so in the West. I'm so glad you said it. They're going to be good. Teams that are going to be putrid, Oklahoma City. <laughs> I don't the think. Nuggets, to me, Dank Nugs. are a poor man's 04 Pistons. Straight, you, straight man, you're out. You're, and they got Jokic. I'm he, kind he, of surprised yep. you with that. No, he's good. He's, he's the Rashid of the group. I mean, you're right. Yes, you're 100% but right. Like, man. You don't. You say you don't pay attention. I to just the NBA. I pulled out of that here. one out of a hat. Well, I did out of somewhere. But I say that because I loved that 0-4 Pistons team that didn't have a guy that was averaging twenty nine a game, but they had five guys that played a really good role and they had a good bench. They had four very good players. Yes, and a great coach. Now in the modern day NBA, if you're if you don't have a superstar that can take over a game, you're Offensive and defensive scheme have to be good. Everybody has to be on the same page. The Nuggets, I, I'm going to say this now because I probably will forget about it. I'm not picking them to win the finals, mm-hmm. but I am picking them to upset one of those three teams with a big three in the playoffs. I could see a finals, a Western Conference finals of like Lakers-Nuggets, like where, the, where the, the Nuggets knocked off the Clippers or the Rockets. That's you know. what I'm yeah, halfway no. predicting. You're right. Uh, Jamal Murray's a good baller. Yes. Jokic can play. Jokic is – Another MVP I have candidate. no problem saying this. Jokic is the best big man in the NBA, the best true big man in the NBA. He's definitely the most skilled. He can do yep. it all, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that he just looks like a <laughs> he just looks, he looks like, like a, a Russian henchman. He, I must say, he looks like a henchman in a Guy Ritchie movie. Like <laughs> yeah. Locks, him and him and Statham should be together in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or something. That's that perfect analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Giannis is been, my MVP. He should have been boxing Brad Pitt in Snatch. He'd have been one of the guys. He'd have beat Anthony Ruiz <laughs> for sure. In the weird-looking guy heavyweight belt. But Giannis is my MVP. I don't think it's close. No. Because I'm, I, I th- I'm not going to say he got uh, – last year, I thought it was, you know, up for a debate a little bit amongst several players. I think this year, I think he's got enough of a chip on his shoulder. He's made himself a star. I think that that's the next thing on his list outside of an NBA title. And I, th- I think he's the clear-cut MVP this year. I like that. That's my take. I like that, man. That's a good take. Um – Man, I think you, you're still reeling over that 04 pistol. I, I was just thinking about how awesome Larry Brown was and Ben Wallace and <laughs> Rip Hamilton. That was a true basketball team. They were good. Joe Dumars was executive they, they, of the year. Kind of after the Spurs. Yeah. Even though Spurs had better players. But, yeah. Man. I want to mention something that you brought up. My favorite grouping of players in the NBA is that Portland backcourt with Dame and CJ. That's a good one. I love it, and I'm going to tell you why. Dame was quoted this past season, and we may have talked about He's this. beefing with Shaq, by the way. I know. The rap, <laughs> rap battles. I don't know what that's about. Excuse my language, but it's a real half-ass rap battle. They're it's average. So I'm like, you guys think these are good lyrics? Stay just, just, just give me a beat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write you a song. But w- one thing I love about Dame is I think that – I think Dame is the best true PR guy in the NBA. 
when he's asked a question, I believe you get an honest answer. I don't think you get a player speak, a superstar speak answer. Uh, I know somebody asked him about hitting that buzzer beater last year in the playoffs. Uh, he said, you know, did you, you know, what does it mean, you know, the pressure and for a city like this, for you to hit that kind of shot? And his answer, you may could say that it was his publicist doing it, but he said it perfectly. He says, man, there's no pressure in this. This is basketball. Yeah. This is my day-to-day job. Pressure is being a single mother and – you know that Bruce Almighty answer that Morgan Freeman, yeah. it was kind of that kind of answer. I love that. I love the fact that they asked him about possibly being a, a, a big piece in a uh, in a trade. And uh, he said, man, I started here. I see no reason to leave here. This organization believed in me, and uh, I believe in them. So I'm going to stick it out and see what happens throughout the rest of my career. I said, dude, that, I love this guy. You know, he may be my favorite player in the NBA. You know, I like it. People like him usually get rewarded in the end of their career. And what I mean by that is there will come a time yeah. when he is at the end of his prime. Yes. And they draft that guy, that Tim Duncan. Like a Zion type of once every decade. And guy. they win one. You know what I mean? They they, they pull a Pistons and, and, you, and they it's win it's kind of the right timing for him because he's about six to seven years younger than mm-hmm. the LeBron KD grouping. So, like, he could be the most seasoned player yeah. in the NBA but not still a superstar, but get that superstar yeah. on his team, and they go win one. It's crazy how long, uh, how the longevity of careers have gone, uh, gotten longer for guards due to athletic Agreed. training and yep. modern medicine and diets and stuff like. You know, back in the day, I mean, I mean, like for instance, like Bird didn't play that long. No, I mean, you know, like guys, guys didn't play for that long. No. You know, and you get a guy like Dame, you're like man, he's been in seven years. He is not even at his best. Not even close. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, a guy like LeBron has lasted this long. You oh, know what I, I mean? Know. Um, it's remarkable. Uh, you look at a guy like Ben Simmons who have a good long career. Um, this is about to be the new golden age of the NBA. And yeah. I, I think it really, really gets going this year with guys like Zion. Agree. You know what I mean? You I look, love Zion. He's out, for about, he's out for about six if weeks. If you don't like that guy, man, you got a problem. I love J.J. Reddick's quote. In the preseason, and they said, what, what advice did you give to Zion? I'm going to bleep this out, by the way, but I am absolutely going to say it. And he said, so what advice do you give to Zion going into his first rookie year, you know, as a new teammate of his in New Orleans? He said, man, I just told him, don't f*** up for me. <laughs> 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 I promise I'm going to bleep it out. But that, that, <laughs> that, that's, that sounds like something J.J. Reddick would For say. sure, for sure. And you know, he, just and he, molded Coach yeah, K. Yeah. Coach, Coach K is not a choir boy for those of you out there. That <laughs> just because I've got heard a, several people that have gone to their team camp and they're like, "Whoa, I didn't expect this." Just because he's got a church haircut doesn't mean he's a choir boy. But <laughs> wrapping up the NBA talk, and before we get yeah. to our interview with Connor, real quick, um, who's your rookie of the year pick? Ooh, no one what we know right now. You know that the Zion's out for about six weeks with a little a knee cleanup. I hope it's. You're going to call me a homer for this, not a homer bias. My rookie, and I'll say this: I want it to be Ja. Yeah. But I think the turnovers are going to kill him. I think shot volume; he's going to miss yeah. a lot of shots. His numbers are going to be incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he'll probably have six to seven turnovers a game. Will keep him out of it. He'll miss four or five shots that he shouldn't make. That'll keep him out of the twenties. I could see him being a guy that averages sixteen, nine, and five rebounds. Mm-hmm. But as nine turnovers, low shot percentage, all yeah. that, the Grizzlies won't have a great season. He can shoot it, but the, as much as he's going to have the ball in his hands, I could see him being a 29% three-point shooter this first year, and that's not real good. He needs to be at about 33 34. So, my NBA Rook of the Year, and I think it's going to take him a while to get heated up, but I think when he does get heated up, his team is going to rely on him heavy to score. My Rookie of the Year, the NBA, for 2019-2020 season, Rui Hachimura. Okay. I like that. That's a, that's a good pick. He's got a – I think his skill set – Plays well in the NBA. He's a guy that doesn't have a deep jumper. Who drafted him? I think it was the Pistons, actually. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, 
I, I think that he is going to be a guy that probably starts out. I don't. I, I mean, he'll start. I think he'll start. He'll be. Off a, he'll be one. alongside Andre German. There'll be two uh, yeah. power forwards, four, four to five. And I think that he will. He will be more of a stretch four. He doesn't have a three point shot yet, but a I good mid range game. But he's got a good mid range jumper, and he can take. Bigger, he could. He's going to be able to take fours off the dribble. Yeah, and he can. Guard. I think it's going to lead to a lot of easy buckets, a lot of dunks, and the guy can flat out run. And he can guard both post positions, which yes, is a big he deal. Can. He, he, you can put four guards around. He's an around elite him. defender. I think he yeah. had 60, 70 blocks last year at Gonzaga yeah. alongside Brandon Clark. Um, I really, I love this guy. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. I think Ja does win the Rookie of the Year, and he it very well and, could. And here's why. Well, let me go ahead and say this: If Zion Williamson gets to play. The rest of the season, minus these first six weeks, he's going to win it. Oh, yeah. I know. They're going to rely on him for scoring. And, and he shoots so many easy buckets. And I'm going to say this. The things he did at Duke that people couldn't stop, they ain't stopping him in the NBA either. Oh, no, right sir. I mean, right now in the NBA. The reason the he got drafted first. The other night he went 12 or 13 from the floor and didn't take a shot outside of five feet. Somebody says, well, they're going to stop that in the regular season. No, they're not. No, they would have figured that out in preseason. Yeah, I mean, if you're not now. blocking him out, if you're not if you're not bodying him, you're up, not going to turn him. And they're going to want to call that foul when he comes off getting that handoff or something, and he bodies up. They're going to want to call the foul because they want the NBA wants him to dunk on you. Yes. And if he misses that dunk, they don't want it to be a missed dunk. I mean, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. you don't want that on there. And I tell you what, he's got is a rare blend of ability to go right and left. Even though he's dominant left, you can't you can't force him right because he's going to go up and under. He's a one and two dribble kind of guy. He's not going to pound it a lot. Um, good passer on the move in yes. transition. Not a real good passer in the half-court set, but when his body is going towards the bucket, he finds the open man, Yes. and you're expecting him to go himself and dunk that thing. So when he gives it up, it's usually a really, really good pass. So. And his assist numbers will be up to get him in that conversation if he does And he's got he's going he's to have kickouts for guys like J.J. Reddick spotting sure. up. He's going to be fine. Um, I like New Orleans and Memphis to be the two most exciting bad teams in the NBA. Same here. Um, I like John Morant to win the Rookie of the Year. Because I think he's going to be kind of like Trey uh, Young. He's going to start off a yeah. little slow, like you said, but I think the last 75% of his season is going to be astronomical. Well, and it's weird you mentioned Trey Young because he probably should have won it. I mean, when you know, when I mean, they know. started this season last year, Atlanta knew they weren't going to be very mm-hmm. good, but they wanted to see, you know, it's a kind of the, one of those deals you're not expecting to be good, but what if you start out 13 and 2, you may have something. Yep. Well, they didn't start out, th- they started out 2 and 13. So I think that last half, three quarters mm-hmm. of the season, they were like, you know what? Ricky, go do your thing. Here's the ball. Go do your stuff. And yeah. I, I think Memphis is going to be like that, too. I like Memphis's coach, Taylor Jenkins. He, he doesn't have a big pedigree in the NBA as a player or anything like and that. sometimes that's what you need. Yep. Sometimes the smartest guy is a guy who sat on the bench. Sometimes a guy who was a manager. Some guy who was a GA and worked his way up. True uh, that. Those guys are usually the best coaches. Your best coaches are not usually guys like Magic who become coaches. Oh, or, great. you know, even, I mean, Bird was a good coach, but Larry Bird wasn't a good coach because Bird was maybe a good coach. He was in a good situation in Indiana. Exactly I mean, I'm right. just saying. He knew when to get out. And, so. uh, and really, more so, more often than not, great players typically don't make successful coaches. Yeah, you because you can't do it as good as me. they wind up saying, man, I could do that. Well, we know you can do it. you got to teach us how to do yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, man, I'll tell you what. It's been a treat coming and seeing you here. I'm so fired oh, up man. about basketball. I'm going to take you to some Grizzly games. Please. 100%. You take, me to, you take me to a state game, I'll make sure we go to some Grizzly games. Uh, when I go to Grizzly games, though, I have a, I have a uh, routine, if you will. Okay. Park in the same parking lot. Love it. I go eat at the same burger place. Which is? Dyer's. I get a burger at Dyer's. Love. It's, 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 good, it's good Bill Street food. And I always get a, a frozen drink from Wet Willie's on the way in. Good luck, Drew. I'm in for all. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So we're going to do that pretty we soon. Do for that. sure, for sure. As soon as soccer season's over, huh? uh, within a week or two. I want to pick a game. Let's do My it. My buddy Coach Pounds from South Haven. He's got all. He's got some nice. season tickets. He'll hook us up. We'll go with him. It'll be a good time. 
Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, we're going to, uh, McKinley and I are going to check out. We're going to go do some stuff. We, he's got some errands to run. I got some errands to run. Uh, but th- we got a second half of the podcast today. Like I said, it's with. You got to listen to this, folks. It's fantastic. Our good friend Connor Broom from uh, uh, The Broomsticks, a really cool band out of Nashville. It's his own band. It's a really cool funk fusion jazz band with some young kids. I call them young kids, 21, 22. And as well uh, as Luthy. He's been traveling with them all over the country. He's going to speak some NBA, and we're going to find out a little bit about life on the road with him. Uh, so uh, make sure you stick around for that. And uh, we're, we're going to sign off here, and uh, we're going to leave that last half to, uh, to you. But uh, before we go off, sign us off here, Mac. All right. So, folks, we appreciate you always listening to the pod. One thing I'd like to do, because we always, you and I always do this, we're so forgetful. We forget to talk about things that are coming up that we'll discuss on future podcasts. That's right. Yeah, man. One thing, and it's, it's getting this close to This is why I pay that. you the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Triple my salary, if you don't mind. <laughs> two Aztec I was going to say two coffees. <laughs> but, no, um... It's getting to the end of the month. We're in the heart of fall. Uh, the next pod, Brian and I will bring you some Halloween stuff that we can dive into. Darkness it's one of our favorites. falls across the land. The midnight hours. When you said darkness, I was end. thinking uh, darkness. Darkness, everybody. <laughs> Rick James. Anyway, I was quoting Vincent Price from Thriller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, we'll bring you some Halloween stuff. High school and college basketball are right around the corner. We're nearing. Playoff and postseason football playoffs. We're not going to win a game. <laughs> Sorry, Coldwater. Um, I thought I was going to say thrash. They're playing each other this week. Coldwater's one one. That's that's right. That's right. Cool but no, who great? Um, but we're going to bring you some Halloween stuff. Some more basketball talk coming soon. I'm in the middle of a soccer season. Uh, we start up soon. We'll give you a little bit of that, uh, and then. It's just about everybody's favorite time of the year. End of football, start of basketball. You got holiday seasons coming mm-hmm. up, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We're going to bring you all that moving forward. We got some other, like McKinley said, touching on this, we got some other cool things. He and I, we've been mapping out different ways to bring you entertainment and talk on the podcast. So before long, we're going to have a live performance by a really cool band, a friend of yes. ours. We're going to interview them about life on the road and songwriting. Um, we're going to have an Egg Bowl podcast. We're going to try to get some former yeah. folks who maybe played in that game or coached in that game to maybe uh, talk with us about how much they think about out. And What's a couple of restaurant interviews yeah. coming up we're, soon. We're going to we'll get Adam on with Lost yeah, Pizza. So, you know, we always talk sports and stuff like that, but not we're not going to necessarily branch out. We've always done these things, but we're going to bring you a little bit more of what's happening. You know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. We can bring you more local as we can. For sure, for sure. Well, like I said, stick around for Connor. You're It's a real treat. And uh, we're going to leave you here with uh, Mac signing off, and we're going to intro with a Luthy tune. So take us away, Mac. Uh, you can find us. On Twitter, we'll have this linked up soon at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. Folks, it's been a blessing. Brian, always a pleasure. We will catch you next time. Take it away, Connor. And if I lost all my money in a street fight, I'd still find a way to make it back to you tonight. Uh, what you got on the keys over there, huh? From the What's Happening podcast, it's uh, it's Brian here, my man Max over in Tupelo doing uh, 
funeral home things, you know, playing a lot of Vince Gill for folks in their time of uh, bereavement. But uh, we got a special guest in the house. We got an NBA expert, in my opinion. What up? What up? Uh, it's my man Connor Broom. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna before he uh, before he chimes in, I'm gonna announce him as uh, what I said earlier, a world class piano and keyboard player. Currently touring with the band Luthi throughout the southeast and we were very fortunate to have him in oxford to do a private event for us at blue delta and man they burned down the place at proud larry's it was an awesome time oh yeah it's a good time oxford knows how to get it lit for sure for sure so before we get into talking sports because i mean i know you're itching to talk nba oh yeah give a little background this this guy is a baby-faced assassin he's got wonderful curly hair a smile that could stop a room and, man, I'm not going to lie to you, we didn't have a chance with the women last night in Oxford with this guy around. So tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. yourself. Yeah, I know, man. So um, I really uh, I really just like basketball, and I like to uh, bull out and uh, goof off and uh, play piano sometimes. That's pretty much me, man. Cool. Where are you from? I'm originally from uh, outside of Boston, but I live in Nashville. Oh, so that speaks to your Celtics sweatshirt I saw you go in. Go Celtics, go Pats, go Celtics. Okay. Go Dunks. <laughs> okay, I'm down with that. Go so, Bruins. So I got another quick question for you. Greatest sports movie of, movie of all time is Celtic Pride. Is that what we're going with? Uh, I, I'll say so, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> How could you not? You know? Me and my friends, we always kind of goof on the whole we root for Utah thing, but uh, <laughs> you can't beat Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern. So well, Anyway, tell us a little bit about your, your, your keyboard and your piano playing. You said you, you play that when you like to have a little spare time. How long have you been playing that in your spare time? No, I actually uh, I said spare time, but I actually, uh, for work, I'm a freelance musician. I play keyboard like around Nashville and different bands. I'm That's touring cool. now in Luthi. I have my own band too. Which, what's your band? It's called the Broomsticks. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. E- thanks, man. So, te- yeah, I was about to say, tell me about Broomstick and tell me where we can find you on social yeah, media. Yeah, I mean, you can find you. us at uh, B R O O M E S T I X, Instagram, Facebook, you know, Spotify. We got some stuff out, but uh, it's like a R&B meets like fusion, I guess, kind of thing. That's cool. We just like to goof off and uh, make make songs we like, I guess. Well, what what's your role in that band? I know you play, you know, keys for Luthi. What do you mm-hmm. do in that band? In that band, I also play keyboard, but uh, I uh, put a lot of work in like writing and uh, planning stuff out. I guess. Okay, that's guess cool. I, you you, know so, do you mean. throw bars out there? Do you have good freestyle, or do you plan all your lyrics out? Uh, I mean, we we write lyrics, you know, but okay. uh, we we do some freestyling now and then. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to tell you, it was a real treat uh, hanging with you last night and getting to know you a little bit. Oh, it was. It well, was yeah, a great time, It was awesome. Uh, I, I'll say this. We went to uh, Square Pizza. There was the only place open on a Wednesday night in Oxford after we uh, had our shindig over here. And my man, he just put on a show. He he, he lit up the room. Everybody uh, wanted his autograph before he left, I think. But uh, it was a really killer time. And we're going to start talking about some sports. Yeah. You down with that? Let's do it. Let's man, okay, so let, let's talk about this. You're, you're a Boston guy. Um when did your fandom begin? Like, what was your first sports memory in Boston? Um, my f- first sports memory, I remember. Uh, I remember watching the Patriots. Actually, my first big sports memory is really just watching the Patriots play the Colts in some AFC championships back in the day. It was a uh, cold as shit, and uh, I was actually watching on a outdoor TV, at, like with an antenna, and it was super. It was. I don't even remember who won the first one. I remember watching, but uh, I definitely remember the one. Uh, I f- forget what year it was. Maybe oh five, oh six, with that uh, 
big uh, pass interference miss call, and uh, you know, I know you guys like Peyton Manning for sure. Here, you know, it. yeah, <laughs> we I'm, were all rooting gonna, for the Colts. In the I'm South. not gonna, I'm not gonna talk shit about Peyton Manning, although uh, you know how I feel about the Patriots. I know. I was about to ask you, what was it like being a Pats fan? Because uh, down here. We all respect Tom Brady and know he's probably the greatest of all time. But oh, there, but there's a complete the greatest dis, of all yeah, time. there's a complete disdain for him during the Peyton era. Yeah. So, what did y'all think about Peyton? What from the other side? What were your thoughts? I just thought he was a baby and a. I don't know. I I feel like he didn't know how to lose, but I, he also didn't know how to win. Brady well owned him when Brady. it mattered. When it, when it mattered, he Tom did. Brady owned him. He did, and I think Peyton Manning complained about his team a lot. I think he kind of figured it out later in his career, yeah. like that that really wasn't the way to go. Granted, later in his career, his team was playing a lot more for him than for sure. earlier in his career was a little bit the other way around. But I still, he never had a slouch of a team. Like he, I don't know. I mean, they had they. He had some receivers. I mean, he always. Adrian had, James was a good running yeah, back for Joseph him. Joseph Adai. Yeah. I mean, he had some weapons. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't want. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many careers he made. You know, because, like, Tom made a bunch of guys' careers. A bunch oh, of, a bunch of tons. A, yeah, average guys. I, w- I would argue I would argue the system made them a lot, too. And yeah. And so did, obviously, Bill. Bill. But, yeah, man, that dude's. He's the he's the greatest NFL coach of all time, oh, right? I mean, I would say easily to, to have the best coach and the best quarterback, almost like a monopoly. Homie's <laughs> gonna be rolling up in an electric wheelchair with a, an electronic freaking uh, clipboard and freaking twenty. Fi- oh my bad. It's cool. I can mute it. I can, I'm gonna I'm gonna put put a cool sound there. You just cool. you, man. I don't in, care. In a in 2050 on oxygen, 120 years old, winning Super Bowls. So uh, too many too many rings for all his fingers. Yeah, sure. man, he's gonna be he's gonna be putting rings on his arms for sure, for sure. Well, that leads me to, to kind of another thought. We you know I, we're gonna talk about the Celtics uh, specifically here in a minute. Yeah. But give me your Boston sports Mount Rushmore. Give me oh. the four. Give me four athletes. Okay. In, any of the sports in any time. So that's really hard. So like, I could go all time. Or I could go my lifetime. Let's do this. Just go to your lifetime. My lifetime, because yeah, yeah. that's that's a to- that's totally yeah. different. I mean, to you me. you don't you didn't watch Bobby Orr play hockey. No, you know what I mean. I know, yeah. So I feel like, although like I can I can definitely can I can definitely respect how great and influential he was. I I don't feel like I can truly right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like like sitting there like invested in this team's like fate, watching them like like freaking out you know every yeah. little thing that happened no, you're stress right. you're you know right. what i mean yeah. it's a big difference yeah so um i'm gonna say i mean tom brady he's and yeah bill belichick are a tie for one and two okay i'm gonna say um i mean david ortiz has to be up there i would big say he, i would say he I would mean, be your red sock also for for what you know he was everybody loves him man it's big poppy yeah like uh I'm trying to think. Uh, this is hard. Yeah, because I mean, you pretty much you're looking at the big three for the Celtics, and you got to choose one. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Or would you just say, would you just kind of big three as one? Entity? I mean, I. I mean, if that's an option, I would definitely take that. Mount Rushmore had four presidents, right? Yeah, I know that makes it tough. So, so wait, we we had. I'm gonna put. Can I put Brady and Belichick? They're too good to separate. I'll, I'll. What I'll do is I'll let you combine them, and you got to choose one basketball player you know not one basketball player but you can't use them as one group because there's three so i'll let you go brady belichick as one entity okay and then ortiz yeah and then uh dang 
So I got to pick between some Celtics. I got two more though, right? You got yeah, you got two more. I got two more. I mean, I think if I had to pick a Celtics player, I would have to go with the truth. Just okay. be, just because I mean, he was the guy, he down down to the wire. He was the one. He was the one that did everything he could to shut down a young LeBron. He taught LeBron how to lose. And, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And by by doing that, he also taught him how to how to win in some ways, you're right, I think. You're right, like you're right. like LeBron can say whatever he wants, but I think deep down he knows like he can't really talk that much about Paul Pierce cuz he definitely like to to like to like go up and put up that kind of a fight against a player that's like so objectively better than you, but like to still like show that like with the right amount of energy and like determination like despite all like Paul Pierce's flaws that make it almost a mismatch, he like still made it work. Yeah. And like came out on top for it. Like I'm not saying LeBron was no slouch, but like consider like consider like he made it hard. He did. And you know, and he was outmanned athletically, mm-hmm. age, strength, size, size a- probably ability. overall, yeah, ability. literally every category. And he still found a way to hold him down Except and win. The truth, baby. He's clutch, <laughs> man. He's, sur- He's clutch. He survived a knife fight one time, didn't he? Yeah, didn't he, he did. St- he did. He's tough. Yeah, man. I mean, see, I really think he's from Inglewood. Is he from Inglewood, yeah, California? He's from, he's from L.A. Yeah, man, that's tough. Yeah, yeah he's man. a little bit harder than people probably gave him Dude, credit for. He, Paul Pierce is legit. He is. All right. Well, uh, who would be your who would be your fourth? Um, my fourth. Man, it's hard. It's hard to combine. But uh, let's go. Might have to. Man, I mean, I might have to go. I might have to go back to the Pats because we're going. We're going. I feel like you have to include like charisma okay. and like how much like how hype they get. People, okay. You know? Okay. How hype they get the fans, and I gotta say Gronk. Okay, man, that's a good one. Because, because I mean, he like he was in he was in Dunkin' Donuts as a fathead, like a full size cardboard cutout, and it was just Gronk. And who doesn't love Gronk? Yeah, I feel like he is the most beloved of that. Team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, like, like, yeah. Everybody respects and really thinks Brady is amazing, but everybody wants to have a beer with Gronk. Yeah, they want nobody to be a- wouldn't want to spend a night hanging out. Oh, with Oh man, how much do you think that would go for at an auction, a high roller auction? How much do you think? Fifty grand, a hundred grand yeah, for a night with Gronk? I, yes. If I had it, I'd pay it. I me too. <laughs> it's once. Oh man, that'd be insane. That'd be the craziest night of my life. That's a podcast in itself. That what, is. what would you do with Gronk? Yeah, oh man, for, that's for another time. That's for another yes, time. That's All right, a separate podcast. Well, well, let's do this. Let's let's go real quick. Let's go through your uh, your your Celtics Mount Rushmore. Okay, Celtics specifically. Yeah. Again, uh, I can. Oh, you want me to do both? My lifetime and all time, or do you I want, want you to give me. I want you to give me all time. All Just time. Only all time. I'm gonna say, Larry Bird. One, yeah, Bill <laughs> Russell, yeah, absolutely. Um, John Havlicek for sure. I yeah. I can't like the winning man. Yeah, I mean I know that's a different game back then. Like completely, even Bill Russell. I would even I I would say Larry Bird and and like the modern league. I can see what he would do, but them yeah. I don't even know. Like it's not hard. It's impossible to compare. But like you can't deny. Yeah, the numbers don't lie there. The number yeah. of rings don't. Deny. Homies could win, and you know, and in the numbers that Russell put up, like he would. They're not. He get thirty five rebounds in a game. <laughs> yeah, bought twelve shots. He was, he was in the paint. He was dominating. It's, it's like you know when you would play a NBA uh, NBA Live and you would create a player that was like seven foot nine, three hundred yeah. pounds, and he would dunk it and rebound. Yeah. That's what I feel like Bill Russell was yeah. in their day. But yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Well, give me the other Celtic there. And um, last but not least, I feel like I can't pick another. Dang, I feel like I can't pick another 
old guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to respect now. The current, yeah. Well, I have to respect the big three. And I, oh, man. I mean, like, I guess I should go with Paul Pierce. I guess he's, so. He's like the face of the big three. Although, I think I think uh, Kevin Garnett was the best player in the big three. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think, I think uh, Rondo made it happen for that team. I think I don't. I don't know. They couldn't have done it without any of the big. I'll call it a big, like the big three and a half. I like that. I like that. And you know, I guess on top of Mount Rushmore, more so than anything, be red. Yeah. I mean, he was the man, right? Yep. He was the man. Well, cool. Well, look, I know that you're a big NBA guy, and we were talking about this the other day. So let's dive into let's the current into it, season. Man. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's do it's that. It's a crazy one. It's going to be wild. All the turnover and the the moving around of rosters and injury like issues. It's going to be crazy. It is. It's going to be awesome. What did you think about the offseason? Were so, you really surprised? What surprised man, you? Man, I was honestly, it seems like this has been coming for a couple of years. It's like we the last this. five or ten years, it's been like p- players have a lot more say in like where they end up and what happens happens and then between like lebron coming to the lakers and ad requesting a trade and such a big draft coming up i just and like Kawhi being a free agent after what he just did it's just like you i can't believe he ended up with the clippers i i can man i i I, it it totally threw me for a loop that was my prediction as soon as the season our guy andy frasco was sure he was going to be a laker like no i had no doubt i I never even considered that an option okay okay but because no i mean Kawhi like Kawhi spent enough time being like not a guarantee one option on a team like when he played for the spurs he won a finals mvp he made a huge impact but he wasn't getting the minutes he would be getting on literally any other team. And the only team he could possibly join that would like limit his minutes, I think would be the Lakers or at least not even limit his minutes, but limit his his, shine. Yeah. Limit his, uh, like consumption. Like how much, how much of the ball is he getting to use? For sure. Yeah. How many minutes is he touching? He immediately becomes the greatest clipper of all time without playing a game. I I, mean, you know what I mean? I totally agree. I also hot take. I think, uh, I think he's the best player in the league. And I also think, that uh, that is a hot take. Wow. I, okay. I put him at number one right now, and I also think if he wins with the Clippers and continues to have a good career, like maybe wins with the Clippers this year, if he does win another championship, he passes Kobe. Okay. So he in the in the hierarchy of basketball, he jumps. He, pa- Kobe. he jumps Kobe to me. Well, you know, some people talked in this past finals. You know, they were talking about. All these years since Mike was gone, they've always said, "Well, this guy's the next Jordan. This guy's the next Jordan. This guy's the next Jordan. But Mike's game most compares to Kawhi. I think so too. I think Kobe's offense is a lot more Mike, but I think uh, uh, Kawhi's mindset and the is def- a lot more old. Defensive school. side of the ball too. Oh my I mean, gosh, the he- the heads up, like the I don't know. Just I think Kobe was a little too in his own head. And there are times when when Ka- it, Kawhi he'll he like he'll he'll guard you and he'll be in good position. But there's times he'll just debo you. Yeah, he'll, he'll take it when he's his. He will his. take the ball when he wants it. <laughs> he'll, he'll take that big the hand, that big mitt of a the hand, claw, and grab it and say, "My yes. ball." I mean, you know, you're he absolutely will. right. Yeah, I, I like that, man. That's a, that's a real hot take. But what the what's happening podcast? We are all about hot take. Hot take, hot, baby. Hot take. Well, let's move along to move on to a couple other hot takes. Uh, being a Celtics guy, I know you're really tuned into the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Give me give me your thoughts. Who's going to be uh, in the in the Eastern Conference finals? I mean, to me, to me, there's an obvious like. Top four seeds. Yeah. Like, very, very obvious. I might have a hot take on the order. Uh, hot take, Sixers got worse. 
They did. I didn't like. They, what did, they did not get better. Everyone's talking them up like, oh, the Sixers are going this. JJ Redick even hurts. J- that's the biggest L. Like they should have done. They should have kept him at all costs. He needs so big for the Pelicans to he make. Is. Like he makes the difference between the Pelicans being like a t- an eleven seed and like I see them contending for the eight seed. I could see them being I a seven s- or eight for sure. I see them can. I see them falling. 10 at the lowest, but I could I see them like in a late season push for that eight seed. I, I mean, th- I think them and the Grizzlies are going to be the two most exciting, not good teams. Yes, because of John Morant, Jaron Jackson. The, I would put the Grizzlies in. They're worse than the, Yeah, they are, but I'm saying they're both say going to be fun to watch. They're both teams in the next five years that will yeah. be crazy. John Morant's going to be good in Memphis. He so. is. He, right. To me, he, he's, ring, he's, he's ready for the NBA. He is, he is for sure. So, all right, back but, to the East. All right, so you're, you, oh, yes. Yeah, Sixers got worse. They have no depth. They have no depth. They don't have enough shooters. They don't have any shooters. They're not going to last. Like, jo- like, Joel Embiid is awesome. He's Mr. Glass. He's Yeah, but he's. He's gonna he's gonna have some bad games. He's gonna get he's not gonna he can't play that many minutes. He's not like Jokic. No, he cannot do that. Uh-huh. To me, I mean, and he's probably gonna get injured for sure. And I'm a big Embiid fan. Like I think he's hilarious. I think super he, skilled. He's savage in the like he's savage down low. But he again another problem like because they don't have three point shooters, you have this seven foot two big fucking dude. Sorry. You're good. Keep on. I don't care. Keep on. My bad. People, let me tell you something. You just be you. We don't All care. right, man. Yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one rule, and I keep breaking yeah, it. Be you. But huge dude, he doesn't He doesn't need me standing behind the three-point line, doing nothing, waiting for a pass. That's no. that's that's, that's a, To me, that's a, a horrible plan. To me, the only, re, the only way they'll actually be the same, at, like equally good, is if uh, – Ben Simmons' jump shot is like actually serious, but I don't like. I've no been matter, seeing videos in the off season. I know, right? but no matter how much you shoot in the off season, I just don't see him being comfortable enough yet to take those shots in NBA games in transition. Yeah, like and I like. Although Jimmy Butler's kind of a loss, I think Richardson was a fine replacement. I think where they really screwed up was the Jimmy Butler trade to begin with. For sure, with. they didn't well, need that guy. They didn't. They they lost. They Saric and Covington are. Players, they are, would they should be crying that they don't have yep. this year. Like some, just some depth, some depth. Like like some, Covington's yeah. gonna hit, be able to hit some threes, and he can also guard the three well. Like you have some dudes who are like good enough size to get some boards. Like athletic can get some points. You know what I mean? They're nothing special, but they're good role players, and they don't have any role players. No, you're right. right. That's I right. mean, they their, do. Their depth's gonna hurt them. Their depth's gonna hurt them. Like I like I don't know. They need more. I, I like the Simmons and B duo. I think it's cool. I don't think this is their year. I think Horford's a big pick. I was really sad the Celtics lost him. I know. He's, he's I a think, true pro. I, I do think so. And he, like, people underestimate how much he did on defense for them mm-hmm. against, like, teams like the Sixers and the Bucks. Like, I'm not saying Giannis and Embiid didn't, like, put up good games against him, but they Laid, like he damn sure made it hard. No, you're right. Absolutely. Like, a lot hard. Like, especially against the Bucks in that, uh, in the playoffs, the last two seasons, like he made it hard for Giannis. Oh yeah, he's able to kind of clog the paint. Yeah, and direct from the back end. And he, yeah, and he's, yeah, he's he's an intelligent defender, and he's also he's got that like, like he provides like a separate space to dis- like a separate like place to distribute the ball yeah. from. Like you you give him the ball where he's at, and he'll like make a play happen from a different part of the court like offensively and defensively and that's just so big and to me he was the free agent they should have been going after you're right like i think jalen brown's great 
I don't think he's as good as Tatum, and I think there's a good chance they're going to have to pick, and I think they probably should have picked Horford over, over. Brown. Mm-hmm. This, But it's okay. I still like the Celtics right like now. The Celtics. Well, who's that be, turns me around to, yes. I was about this, to say. Who's I'm going to take, I'm, I'm take the Sixers at a three seed. Okay. And the one and two seed to me are the Bucks and the Celtics. Celtics. Bucks, yeah. I think so. I don't know who's going to get the – I. it's hard for me to not say Better the, coaches in Boston. Better. Brad Stevens is an awesome coach. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bucks have a lot going for them, but I also feel like last season was kind of their – their year in a lot of ways. I don't know if I see them winning like quite as many games. Sixty something games is tough to. I see them winning like high fifties, going on sixty. But I could see the Celtics doing the same. Same on, thing. Like I think people last year way overhyped the Celtics. Granted, they were like easily the most disappointing team in the league. Kyrie okay. was a dud. He's a yeah. He shit bed hard. He did bad. And I don't know. I man. don't. Th- I don't think he's a team guy at all. He's, no, I. I. I have nothing but negative things to say about Kyrie at this point, as a, as a fan, but also just like as a basketball fan, it's really ugly. To it's like, frustrating to watch that. Kind yeah, of especially like since I don't know. I saw like, just, he's he's never done anything by himself. You can't kind of like. I don't know if he understands the fact that like winning a championship on LeBron's team and LeBron's returning season to Cleveland, like that's LeBron's championship. Yeah, man. that was like yours. I'm not saying he didn't ball out because he did. He did. He absolutely balled out. But for your reputation, when he came to the Celtics, everybody was like, "This is Kyrie's chance to prove himself," and he basically proved that. And he had a the most gangster team. It's like you can't ask for a better like team of young people and good role players to like put any star. Like granted, I think there are different stars that would have been a much better fitting with that team. But as a superstar, you can't ask for more than what the Celtics gave him. No. And he he messed it all up. He did. He did. No, he you're did. absolutely right. Who on the western side, give me your top 3 over there. Top 3. Um to me, number 1 and 2 are easy. I'm not sure what order. I think the Clippers are going to the finals, but I think they might end up scoring a two seed based on injuries. I don't know. Yeah, like, or resting folks. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. I don't see the Lakers in the top three. I don't. I see the Lakers as kind of a similar team to the Cavs when they had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, a bunch of a bunch of veterans who like if you like had their like. If you could take their two Ks of like certain years, mm-hmm. like if you had them all in their prime, it would be one of the best teams ever. But to me, like I don't see the like I don't see like I see LeBron missing like at least like at least ten to fifteen games for load management. Yeah, Anthony Davis is we all know he's, he's already fragile. Hurt. He's already hurt. Like I see them missing probably like five to ten games together. Like there's a good chance that they're gonna have to play five to ten games without either, right. and I don't see them winning any of those. Oh man! Like to me, they got a lot. To me, the Pelicans got the best of that trade. I I'm a big AD fan, and I think it's gonna be really fun to watch what they do down there. But I just don't see them. I see that. I think it's gonna take too long to work it out. I don't think they're patient enough to do it. Like I don't like. I, I really just don't see I think it. we're going to witness the, the decline of LeBron. I mean, like, we're witnessing it right now. He got yes. hurt last year. and He's, he's still awesome. He's still awesome. But he, you, you can see his athleticism barely start to yes. take notches down. Yes. And I, I just don't, like, like who the only, who's going to play defense on that team? Mm. They're going to have me. funnel it to AD, and he's going to get in foul trouble. Yeah. And then, what, JaVale McGee? Get out of here. Dude. 
Wasn't he on the Globetrotters at one time? Didn't yeah. Did break? you see that play he did the other night in preseason? Nah, he faked the knee injury <laughs> and then went up and <laughs> – that was hilarious. It's like we should be in the Three Stooges or something. And to me, I don't see Kyle Kuzma as, like, someone who can, like, like finish when he needs to. Like, yeah. he's a he's a above-average role player yeah. still. Who, who are your three in the West? I'm going to go – You got Clippers? Ooh, this is so hard. I'm, can I give a tie? Sure. Uh, it's really hard to tell. I could see the Blazers getting the three seed because I really like that Hassan Whiteside addition. Yeah, he'll to be good me, there. He needed a change of scenery. He did, and to me, and he also has been working on his jump shot a lot. I heard he's got a pretty nice like mid range jumper now, which could be really dirty. Could be dirty with with uh you know with McCollum and Lillard like yeah. that's that's a, that's floor a, spacer kind of guys. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. It could be nice over there. It like or it could be the same, just a little better. It's right. hard to know. But the Jazz are looking really good. It's just like they don't have like I don't trust Donovan Mitchell as like a not to a, lead me to there. No. So, but like, but they still have a really good player at every position. I really like Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly, man, I hate that being a Grizzly guy. Yeah, I dude, left. he's the most underrated point guard in the league. Huh. Easily, he's I like one, that. He's he never one. made an All Star game. Should have probably. Sh- definitely should have. Should have. But I'm gonna. But I don't know. The Rockets always figure out how to do it in the regular season. Where the Nuggets fit in here? I I said number two. They're two. One okay. or two. I think okay. maybe one. Even. They could be one. But most I, games one. Yeah, okay. most games one. I still think they're gonna maybe end them up, one Clippers two, and then that's that Clippers three four is gonna. Oh, you like them? To, you like them to win it all? I like them to win it all. They're gonna I beat the Celtics in the finals. May, no, I can't. I can't say that against my boys. But at the same time, I don't see who's who's scoring on that team for sure. Like, what are you gonna do when Kawhi is guarding you? Then you go to the other side and you got Paul George, and then Patrick Beverly switches on you. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to meet those guys in a dark alley, much no. less have them guard me and play basketball. And games. like, and also just their attitude. Like they they have like a winning like they have, like I'm I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm all about like the winning attitude. You're right. And like I like to see like my favorite kind of basketball teams are like teams that function highly as a team. So that's the reason I love the Nuggets and the Clippers right Yo, now. You're right. Those are, you're dead on with that. Those are good picks. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk two things real quick here. Basketball. I want to know who is uh, your most overrated and underrated players in the NBA right now. Yep. Um, overrated players. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I got you there. I'm down. We're on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think the reason Russell Westbrook's overrated is because. To me, like, Oklahoma City kind of, like, created a monster. Mm -hmm. Like, they took this, like, really high-strung, like... I mean, like, a lot of basketball players get into the NBA are super full of themselves. Because, I mean, they're, like, top... Like, especially like that. He's they're like the top, top 1% of top the top athletes 1% in the, in the world at what yeah. they do. Like, coming out of high school. So, like, it's hard not to let that go to your head, I guess. So I understand that to some degree, but like when you get to the NBA, like it's your job as an organization to to like figure that out and like get that out of the way to like work on their NBA career. But to me, I see Russ have I think they wasted time on him. I think they spent too much energy trying to make him happy. Like especially like last year they really started rolling at one point when Paul George was doing well. Paul George had some finger issues, and they never recovered because after that, Russell Westbrook kind of went back to his old gameplay. Yeah. He reverted. Me, he re- he did, and he's a he's horrible late in games. He and can't some, shoot. No, I mean, and he's like not. 
He's not that terrible of a shooter all the time. He's terrible in pressure, though. And he's not as good of a shooter as he needs to be for the kind of player he wants to be. To me, the biggest thing is, like, I could care less if Russell Westbrook was shooting threes and, and, like, taking perimeter jump shots that much. Like, but to me... He need like he's athletic enough, and he's got the handles, and he's got the grace. He needs to be finishing. He can't be missing at the rim, but no. he misses at the rim so he often. Does. Compared to people, the people forget like he misses layups, man. He misses dunks. He try. He anticipates the contact a lot of times. Doesn't yeah. get the contact, or he avoids the contact. Starts to yeah. wiggle and mistakes a to bad me, shot. To me, I think he would have been a great shooting guard. Okay. Yeah. I think he would have. I think his career would be totally different. Attacking the rim, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I don't like I like. Granted, the ball is really good in his hands, but he might be the second. You, you can still get the ball in his hands, get it up the floor to him. Yeah, I mean, just kind of get it to him in a different spot. Yeah, might make him better coming off screens. That's what having I his think. defender that's, having a tough time. No. All right. Well, who's the most underrated player in the NBA? Okay, underrated players. I got a couple. Oh, can I add one overrated? I don't need to yeah, talk about. Add it, an but, overrated. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Okay, I'm, we're both there. I, I would say my most overrated player currently, um, I man, I think Ben Simmons is overrated. Yeah, I really do. I just think, I think everybody getting all excited. Tell me why? Because here's the thing: a lot of people in the league can pass it mm-hmm. when you give them space, and people he creates and, space. And, and people also give him space because they back off because he can't shoot. Because he can't shoot, so he has all <laughs> the vision in the world. He's pretty much not really. He's not being guarded. If 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 you were able to get up in him. And take away those passing lanes, but see, then he can drive past you. That's where he's tough. So yeah. you got to give up no, one for the I other. Think, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think he's super. I think he's super valuable, but I also think he's super stoppable. I think a lot of people can pass it like him. They just don't have the space to make the passes he makes. That's truthfully. what uh, the I angles mean, he can get passes off because there's no hand in the way. I mean, it, yeah. it, it changes the Shouts game. Shouts out the Celtics again, but was it what uh, playoffs uh, two years ago? What did he put up like three points a game against the Terrible. Celtics? Yeah, like I mean. Like certain coaches know how to stop. I don't think that's going to hurt his regular season. But no. that's interesting. I'll be interested to see like if he does start to like come out shooting. Like how will that affect the way he's guarded in the rest yeah. of his game? Because like obviously now it's easy to say like if he got a really good jump shot, he'll be a, like top five or something. Yeah. But will will he will, will he be guarded the same? I don't know. I, I think you make him shoot until he proves he can make it. And I don't think he's ever going to prove he can make it. No. I mean, yeah, so I think they're just going to keep guarding him the same. Cuz like you said, yeah. They don't have enough shooters around him and Embiid this year for that yeah. to matter. I mean, just Redick second, was an, a, such an L. So man, and I, it was so funny when he told Zion, he said, "Don't f this up for me." That yeah, was, that, was good stuff, that was good stuff. No, I love JJ, man. He's, He's awesome. one of my favorites. He's awesome. Well, who's your most underrated? Most player? underrated. Uh, let me throw a few out there. Yeah, give me um, a couple. Oh man. Uh, I don't know, man. There are a lot of underrated guys. There are. Give me some. Uh, give me some. Well, I think me, I think one of those guys. guys uh, like I, I would go JJ Redick. I think he, he's, I he's, think he's for a, sure underrated because he's think, a much better defender than people think. He's a great positionally. He, he is, and he's he's a like unstoppable shooter. Yeah. And um, let me. Okay, I thought of one of Marcus Smart. Dude, that's very good. Yeah. The impact he like I mean like, and he's worked on his shot a lot. He has. He's been he's been shooting well, and granted, he can get he has hot. Some, yeah, when he gets hot, he's hot. You know, like. 
then he he just adds a lot to a team. Yeah, I, I think another under underrated player, Goran Dragic. Oh yeah, he can man. play. He's he, kind of never spoken of, but he's he right can. in the middle of the thick of things in that middle group of point guards. Yeah, any no. contender would be great to have him. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think uh, who else? Is, uh, I think Demar Derozan's underrated. You do? Okay, I do. I think he was overrated. And then now he's underrated. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I, totally I think he's agree. flipped it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I don't see how he's much off from Jimmy Butler outside mm-hmm. of defense. I think offensively, like he's at just as good to me. Like I, neither of them can hit a three that consist. Like no. I don't want either of them shooting many threes. I feel like Demar Derozan is a very similar case study to Rudy Gay. Yeah, totally. Very similar case totally. study. Can win you games, can be exciting, can gets a lot of fans in the hometown that he's playing in, but he can't actually win you the games that matter. Right. And, and Rudy Gay's always been that kind of guy. So yeah, I, I feel totally like they're agree. A I think Rudy Gay is also a guy who was overrated, yeah. and then now he's underrated. No, I mean, I, you to- know, yeah. I totally agree, Yeah, we're on man. the same page there. Yeah. For sure. All right, well, let me to throw you a little bit of a curveball before we wrap it up here. Um, if you could watch one basketball game – in one venue outside of Boston, where would it be? Oh man, uh, like a game, like a like a game from the past. Well, it that can be like you, happened. No, like, just like like if you could go to one stadium, where would it be? Like oh, if I if I wanted um, to go watch a baseball game, I've been to Wrigley. I would love to go to Fenway. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, yeah. where would you want to? Other than the original Garden or TD, you know now yeah, where where would than, you want? Other than Garden, man, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> what about MSG? Have you ever thought about Madison Square Garden? I don't. I don't. Care. I don't get fired up about that no, place, man. man. It's just like it's just like a bigger version, like of I think Boston it's Garden. it's like an old dump now, right? Yeah, I mean, and like the Knicks play there. Oh, and they're they're like, the they're the worst. They're like such a depressing organization. I mean, I want to go somewhere with some history. So For sure, I might go to San Antonio. That's a good one. That would be a cool place to watch a game. I just feel like the fans are cool. Also, yeah. just because uh, might see a bat. For sure. Um, I would like to check out the new one that the Warriors are going to yeah, be. In. I, I think it's going to be state of the art. What's it called? It's not Oracle. I, I mean, was going to say mean, Oracle would have been cool, but Rip. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But uh, you know, it's going to be something amazing out there in that part of the, the yeah. country. Is it? It's San Francisco. Yeah, no. man. Kind of sucks for Oakland, but yeah, all the good things are leaving Oakland. The Raiders are leaving Oakland. They're leaving Oakland, and I think, I think that's the so A's might actually leave Oakland. From what I've heard, I think the Las Vegas having a sports team is dumb. Dude. It's dumb, but no one lives there. They're going to be I mean, the least do, rooted like for team. Yeah. you know, what I mean, everybody's a transplant fan yeah. going in to visit, to gamble, and do whatever's going on in Vegas. You ever been to Vegas? Uh, Briefly at the airport. I, I stayed there when I was under 21 for a basketball tournament. It was fun, but it's not like I guess I could have party now. Yeah, it's sure. different. It's not to me. It doesn't have like a. I don't feel like it has like that like city. Like it has no city culture. No character. No. No character. That, yeah, you're right. I need to go to Boston. By the way, I've never been up that way. You know, it's I want to go to Springfield man. and go to the uh, basketball hall of fame. Me too. I've never went. Really? But I need to make it someday. Oh, uh, we, yeah. We Maybe might have we'll to get have the to go, the broomsticks world tour up there. Yeah. <laughs> next time we're in <laughs> for Springfield sure, for sure. I would man. I would love to go there. There in Cooperstown would be the two cool oh, places yeah. to go to. Okay, so um, let me go ahead and I'll ask you another question here. Who would be the one? Football player that was not a Pat that you wish was a Pat. Uh, right now. Yep. Like who in the NFL were you like? Man, I wish I just like this guy. I wish he was a Patriot. And don't say Antonio Brown. He's gone. <laughs> that guy. But uh, hmm. 
I'm trying to think where we need work. So I don't want to pick any. I'm not going to pick anyone on defense. No. Because our defense. Do you, need, is, you don't need a better kicker. Guskowski's okay, right? He's injured right now. Oh, he did get hurt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, now, y'all do need a kicker there. But we have we. Well, I forget his name. He's some some dude they just dra- they just picked up. He'll he'll hit it when it matters. He, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Do you I'm, need a tight end? Uh. Um, or is Gronk coming back? No, Gronk's not. coming Oh, back. I wish who, he was. Who's who's we just we just signed a tight re-signed a tight end. What's his face? You remember his name? No. Nah. I don't. Was it? It was somebody y'all had. Yeah. I can't remember who it is. I. I mean, I feel like y'all could use a tight end, but I'm not really sure. I feel like we could too, but I also feel like we just kind of need. It would be tight to have that, that one weapon, you know. Yeah. Do you have a running back? Who's your running back? Uh, Sony Michelle. Uh, Does he get the ball enough? He he do, he's been getting the ball. Oh, we signed Demarius Thomas. Oh yeah, he's the wide receiver that was in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's a weapon. Tom will figure out a way to use him, right? Yeah, I he think will. So. Well, what one player would I take? I think it would be pretty cool to have. Uh, me to me, my favorite players that like like Tom Brady like links up with are running backs that catch well. Okay. It would be pretty cool to snag like a Christian McCaffrey. Oh god, right? Oh. He would be tight on the Patriots. I mean, and I know he's like such an iconic like Patriots esque player. He is. But like, is that because he's a white running back? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But he he he's comes from a football family. I, uh, I also, I Alvin Kamara would be another man. good one. And if you couldn't get one of those two, you would settle for Darren Sproles, right? Yeah, he would be, be awesome. Pick, be the, Darren Sproles would be the kind of pickup that would win you the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but a, it would also be cool to see like a clat, like a total wide receiver, and like mm-hmm. throw it back to like Randy Moss. Like, I think Josh Gordon is. Really good, and I think it's cool that like he can't stay off the the, the, the not hard stuff. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Yes. The banned substances. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's doing okay this this year so far. So we'll winning see. winning will keep you out of trouble. You know yeah, what I mean? Like exactly. if you're gonna like, win and your that's team's what I've good, been saying. I think if he it will keep you out of trouble. So, so yeah, I think that's a I think that's a big. I think he's I think he's doing really well, and I but it will be cool to see like. Antonio Brown was pretty exciting. I yeah, was like, like, if you had Julio Jones, like if yeah, you made a trade was, for Atlanta, I was gonna to say DeAndre him. Hopkins. Man, he's good. Would be my pick. He's good because I don't know. Like you can just like Julio. Like although Julio would make. Well, the thing I like about Julio over DeAndre is what he can do after the catch. Yeah, but like DeAndre has the hands to me. Okay. Okay, I like that. I think DeAndre, I think DeAndre and Julio are top two in the league, and I think DeAndre has the hands, and Julio has the after the catch skills, and probably a little bit better athlete. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but they're both man, they're both all pros. All right, but before we wrap it up and get out of here, I'm going to ask you a non-sports question. Yeah, okay? you headed to Baton Rouge. Yeah, you ever, man. You ever been to Baton Rouge? No, never. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. We used to joke around when we would go to Baton Rouge. We called it the Devil's Playground. You can get a lot of trouble there, but it's a really fun oh, yeah. place. So, what is? What is your favorite thing to do on the road that we can talk about on the podcast other than play music? Like, do you like to go to good restaurants? Like, do you, I mean, like joking with the band, what's your favorite thing to do? Uh, I, I have a pretty fun time, like just, uh, like, uh, meeting new people and like doing whatever happens. Like I, I like to, uh, do things I never expected to like, like hanging out with you guys last night. That's my favorite, favorite is like, you know. Like it's cool to like go to new cities and meet people you never like would have ever met if you hadn't been there that night like playing that show and then Is this you, your first time in Oxford? Uh I went brief. I've been one time I stopped in like for like 30 minutes. 
Oh, but like never to hang out. No. Oh, well, cool. Not Oxford's really. an awesome town. It's tight, man. Are you? And yeah, you're gonna burn the place down though before you leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Proud Larrys. Man. For sure. That was a. Ki- that's gonna be killer. It's gonna be killer. Well, all right. We're gonna wrap it up. Give some words to wisdom to some young, some young uh, um, freelance musicians listening out there. Uh, freelance musicians, uh, you should probably uh, at least consider dropping out of college if you're in it. <laughs> For sure, because um, it's 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 nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, don't like uh, make sure that you're uh, not uh, that you don't think you're better than you are, because then you'll never get better. Mm. And uh, also uh, make sure to uh, tell people you're right ahead of time. Okay, I like that. You don't want any surprises on the road, right? No. Well, you didn't tell me your rate for this ahead of time. Um. Oh, man, uh, I'll just uh, invoice you, bro. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that. Well, y'all, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with Connor. I'm going to go enjoy the show tonight, and uh, we're going to have some fun before they kick it off. Uh, make sure you find uh, find uh, Luthi as they're traveling through a city near you. Check out the Broomsticks on uh, Spotify and any other kind of uh, media and musical source you can find. And, uh, yeah, listen back to the What's Happening podcast, and uh, we're going to link this one up pretty soon, and uh, we'll catch you later.